Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's up, donkeys? Happy Friday. Junkies coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980. In Richmond, appreciate you listening to us on 910 The Fan. And we are streaming live on the Odyssey app. You can take us on the go wherever you may be with that Odyssey app. If you're going to watch us on the TV side, just Put on the Monumental Sports Network. We're presented by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and cooling company of the Junkies, looking to be their next five-star HVAC technician or plumber. Just visit CropMetcalf.com to join their team. We thank you for tuning in this Friday morning, February 2nd, 2024. I'm John Paul Flame, joined by Eric Bickle. Good morning. Came in this morning dressed like Andy Reid, had the big puffy jacket, <laughs> looked like he was on the sideline all puffed up. Again, it's going to be in the 20s in Ithaca tomorrow. <laughs> Johnny Cake Sawville's here. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Rocking his caps beanie. Yeah. One of 20? Uh, 20 I plus? It, I think at least 20. Wow. I'd like to get to like 50 or 100. At I some like point. it. What is the deal with the purple? Like, where is the. This is the <laughs> Hockey Fights Cancer version oh, of okay, the cool. uh, Caps logo. I'm with that. I like and it. Jason Bishop is here. John Paul? Mm-hmm. I don't know if Jason's aware. I, on social media, some people were looking at your uh, picture yesterday. Oh, I know. Some of my buddies were texting. <laughs> said the uh, snapping turtle head was in my pocket. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean it looked, it, it was a show. It's like, it's an optical illusion. Trust oh, me. okay. Oh, the picture. I didn't maybe, not, maybe not. I mean. Some people said, it, that's not a Coke can. That's an Arizona iced tea. You sit and. Sit in this chair for four hours. There's no blood flow. You know, and you get up and take a picture. You never know, man. I think he had his had uh, one of those days. He, it, it, I mean, people just grill everything. I think he had <laughs> his cell phone in his pocket stretched out, but it makes it look it looks it looks like a show. Mm, okay, I gotta I gotta look at it. The only thing I saw is I looked enormous. And Grab, you should have done me a favor. I did you a solid once where you looked enormous in a picture, and I I didn't post it. Uh-huh. This picture, I look enormous with my jacket. You should have said, hey, EB, take take the jacket off. It makes you look enormous. I wasn't even around. You can't blame me for this one. You didn't post this one? JP just posted it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. You do look enormous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not that big. That's crazy. And short. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize there was such No, that's I mean, reaction. I was like, you guys didn't do me a solid. I, mm. I look out for you guys. Nobody looks out for no. me. It's fine. But, you know well, the solid is we're taking care of a potential sponsor yeah, who hooks us with a bunch Eric, of free you, stuff. You, you, the way so you're standing. Supposed to slice you out of a picture? No, no, no. Just do another picture. <laughs> I've, done it for, I've done it for others. 
So nope. many sweatpants in that photo. Oh, yeah. all the sweatpants. Yeah, I got more. Look, yeah. people don't do it for me. I mean, I'm wearing okay. sweatpants today. What are we saying we about Jason? You can see his little nubber. <laughs> yeah, they got a little nubber in that picture. <laughs> yeah, you could really see the outline of your of your um, of the nubber. Your football helmet. <laughs> I think I I honestly think I pinch, thought black was supposed to be slim. Supposed to be uh, pinch <laughs> zoom. Maybe the downfall of American society. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's like the worst thing. You yeah. zoom in on everybody's imperfections and you can see the picture and... facebook.com slash the junks or follow us on Instagram, Sports Junkies Radio. It's there. So it's you're, all off, you're off to Ithaca again tonight? Correct. Today? Correct. And yeah. the, what's the weather supposed to be like up there? 29, 28, something like that. It's been mm. cold. Have you seen True Detective Night Country? Have you seen uh, that? I've seen the first episode. So the weather's probably pretty, <laughs> pretty like equivalent. Except for it's not dark all the time. No, I don't think so. The uh, sun yeah. will show. Well, it's probably pre- I would guess, I've never <laughs> been there, probably kind of gray and bleak a lot of the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a great winter. Yeah. I was in Ithaca years ago, but yeah, it wasn't great. What were you there for? My, okay, aunt, no, my aunt and uncle lived up there. Um, they did? This was years ago. I mean, Sorry I was, to hear that. <laughs> Do you think you'll ever go back once your son is done? With school there, it, like no, Ithaca. he's in Poughkeepsie. My daughter's in Ithaca. Okay, um, no, yeah, my, I'll never my go uncle, back either. My nah, uncle, I'll go back to Poughkeepsie and maybe go to some games. My uncle, my uncle used to work friends. at Cornell. Oh, okay. So that's why I went up there. Cornell's actually a really cool campus. I don't like the town, me personally. The campus is awesome. It actually kind of reminds me of Maryland a little bit. It's it's, it's big. Um, it's kind of spread out. It's on a hill. All the buildings are different. I actually really like the campus. I because yeah. the I town say, stinks. I ask you that because. Um, <laughs> Last night, I was sitting in the stands for um, Dylan's wrestling meet, and I was talking to another dad that, you know, you get to know some of the parents there, but the wrestling mm-hmm. team has like 50 kids. Uh-huh, I right. mean, I just know a couple of them, Yeah, and his kid's new to wrestling. My son's done it for now two seasons, and he joked with me. It was a tri-meet, so it was Northwest High School, mm-hmm. Whitman High School, and my son goes to Quince Orchard High School. Mm-hmm. Luckily, mm. Quince Orchard had their first two matches before the third round. And he joked, he's like, are you going to stay for Whitman Northwest? And I just laughed. Yeah, and funny. I said, it's a certainty. When my son graduates and is done wrestling next season, mm-hmm. I will never go to another wrestling match in my life. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's cool you when your know. kid's you doing it. You might have a nephew or something yeah, that does it. Yeah, okay, maybe if yeah. I have a grandkid that becomes a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. And it's cool. My Still son alive. won both of his matches last night, which nice. was awesome. Ready to go, that. Dylan? Makes the kid feel, honestly, because my kid wrestled for a few years. When your kid wins in wrestling, because it is, I have so much respect for all wrestlers. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you're like a gladiator. And your kid, it just feels silly. When I've kid, never kid been so up. stressed as a parent. Yeah, and I've been stressful. around sports I mean, Kelsey played all the way through high school, and um, and you know Dylan played on teams, and but it's stressful, especially he 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 lost his last match, and afterwards you would have thought like <clears throat> we don't have a dog, but we'd have thought our dog died. Oh yeah, it, because, because he was close to pinning the guy, yeah. and like I don't know what happened. Ten seconds later, he got pinned. Dude, it's like it's not fair, <laughs> but it's kind of like your essence of a man is on the line. It, it's <laughs> and but they're gladiators, winners and losers. And you just want your kid to be happy. But the point is, and Jason is going to probably face this when his daughter graduates from Virginia Tech, it's crazy how you'll have these stages of life, and then when that chapter closes, you may never go back. Now, Virginia Tech's different because it's closer, but 
a big part of your life the last six years mm-hmm. is going to Virginia Tech football no, games. Because awesome. it's still a big program. It's close. Back, yes, nostalgia. But if they, if they had gone to, like, I don't know, Georgia, right. he probably wouldn't. And but he's met people now. Yeah, but you're, Ithaca, when your daughter graduates from Cornell, you're probably not just going to go. Yeah, you're not going to go back up there much. I don't see myself going to <clears> Cornell because I don't have the community of people. But at Marist, I do know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's for the next few years, I'll go to a few games. You know, one or two a year. I don't know. You'll Cake's do not having well, back. Just a pop in. Cake's yeah, not yeah, having back to Roosevelt. <laughs> no, it's I. I can't remember the last time I went back to Towson, where I actually went to school. It's I, been we are fortunate a, a little bit. I'm, I'm certainly fortunate because I got a buddy whose daughter goes to LSU, and she's a freshman. Yeah, and he went to one game this year, and she came home for obviously Christmas break, mm-hmm. and she came home for for Thanksgiving. So he he'll see her three times a year before she comes back. Yeah. You know, he's not going to go down to three or four games to LSU. He says it's crazy expensive. It's, you know, it's far away. You got to book flights. And he can't so, hang with them drinking wise. He'd, get, right, he'd right. get drunk under the table with the quickness, I would guess. Yeah. So you're right. I'm fortunate that I can just drive three and a half hours, four hours, go see him. But hey, big part of your life right now is that driving to uh, New York. I guess you. I guess both are somewhat considered upstate New York. They're They're not near each other. I don't know if Poughkeepsie really is. It's an hour outside of New York City. Mm-hmm. I think certainly. I mean, you consider Syracuse upstate New York, right? Yeah. Um, Definitely. And it's like 45 minutes to an hour from Syracuse, uh, Ithaca. And so, if you pay any attention to your mileage, that'll change. Like, there was a period in my life, and I'm still probably 25,000 miles a year. Like, I have a 2021, and it's got over 79,000 miles. I'm closing on 80,000 miles, right? Mm. Meanwhile, my wife just got, we had to re-up the lease on the Audi. She hasn't even filled up her gas tank in a month mm. because she her work is like two miles away. I covet the short commute. Yeah. Short commutes are just amazing. I mean, she hasn't filled up her gas tank once in now, a month. We want people to have long commutes, so they listen to the junks and are trapped in your car. <laughs> but for a period of, you know, when, when my mom was alive, I was driving to Bowie all the time and then a lot of times to the hospital at Johns Hopkins in Bayview, and I was just driving all the time, and then that went away. I need some of that uh, that uh, don't sleep energy. Make sure yeah. I, I need some of the little shots because that way I don't have to go potty. Oh, do we have any? Because I, <clears throat> I think I ran out of my dude. And the middle, drab, drab is the gatekeeper. He kind of wards them a little the bit. Don't sleep. Oh, he's got yeah. he's the guy. I know if Mike is listening, uh, Drabby and Valdez hide them. They don't like us using them. Are they great? And we're not. Yes, yeah. I'm great. Apparently they're great. <laughs> and we're just sitting on my desk. Can I grab one? I know, but yeah. He, right. he kind of wants you to ask. Hey, Mike Marr, can you go grab one of those? And put it in the fridge, though. I want it cold. I want the little shot. Please. Thank you. <laughs> That'd be great. I say that. Last night in the middle of the night, before I went to bed, I played golf yesterday. Valdez played golf yesterday. It, was, it wasn't as cracked. It, was, it ended it was, up being nice. It was, it was warm sunny. yesterday. No, it ended up being like 48, it was, 49. It was supposed to be 55, 56. Oh, my car said 57. I don't think it hit that. Where I was, maybe it did. It felt like mid fifties because it was sunny. It was no the breeze. The sun came out and it was nice or whatever. Blah blah blah. But I you'll walked. take that every day in February first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I walked n- the front nine, mm-hmm. and then the back nine. I hit so many balls off the cart path. I walked about four <laughs> of those holes. But nevertheless, <laughs> and I only had a little bit of liquid. I came home. My left hamstring was like a brick. So it was tight <laughs> okay? as a drum. It was so tight. Thank you, brother. It was so tight. Mm-hmm. And then I had my wife like massage it with the, the the gun and everything, and I was drinking Gatorade and water. And then in the middle of the night, my right hamstring, like, like Charlie Horse or whatever, and I'm screaming mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. I 
I don't know what happened. From I guess golf. I'm just dehydrated, I guess. Well, and you're tight. From you, you never stretch. You ever stretch your hamstrings? Probably never. Why? Do. why? I don't. I don't I use never, them. Well, never ever stretch. I use reason. them for walking. Did that's you have reason. some liquor during Zero. the round? Zero. <laughs> I didn't have. I haven't had booze in like four days. I, I, had one of those, oh, I had one of the surf sides in that picture that we yeah, posted yeah, last true. night I had before bed. A couple sips for the guys from stateside. Um, uh, stateside vodka. Yeah. Right. Last Surfside night, vodka last night, my wife and I went out for Sushi Thursday. And, Very good. Uh, at Passion Fin, my spot right there in Ashburn. Enjoying a glass of wine. And up comes Dan Colco. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you were about there? to say Dan Quinn. <laughs> no, not Dan Quinn. That would have been really cool. Does he live out there? No, his wife's, um, his, I'm sorry, his fiance's family lives in Leesburg. So they were, um, they're, they're engaged. They're looking for. Congratulations, having, Dan. They're, congratulations. They're, they're having a destination wedding and they're going down to St. Thomas. That's the uh, move. To look yeah, at a spot that, in St. Thomas. Out, it weeds people weeds out. out 150 people. <laughs> yeah. And I was just shocked. Like, what are you doing in Ashburn? And uh, he didn't know I lived up there. Right. So, but St. Uh, Thomas is awesome. I've been there once. We're when talk, I went on... talking to Dan about the team and mm-hmm. you know spring training coming up in a couple weeks. He was probably... you guys were nerding out talking about the Nats. Was he Just overly briefly. optimistic because he's kind of part of the organization? Or... Uh, he's optimistic about Mackenzie Gore. He thinks McKen and and um, Abrams, CJ Abrams. Uh-huh. He likes. So like yeah, I mean, you know, he's he doesn't. But he knows young he's win seventy. We, we games, didn't talk. Maybe. We didn't talk for twenty minutes about him. Yeah, yeah. He says it's going to take a few years. Yeah. All right, I did mention Dan Quinn. We're going to spend a Quinn lot of the show talking about it. Officially. That is a uh, former classmate, kind of, in a way, right. of yours yeah. you at Salisbury. I think he graduated a year before me, but he played defensive line at Salisbury. You guys are goals. And I, he's a goal. And I was I used to interview him on my sports rap radio show, <laughs> campus radio show on WSUR. So a, we'll I wonder, get into I wonder, that. When he was playing, I wonder if he ever remembers that. <laughs> I'm going to say he will. People remember their he college days. Interviewed too, too many times. Yeah, So he probably should remember it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get into the Commanders hiring Dan Quinn. What do you think? We're going to talk to his former boss, his GM of the Atlanta Falcons, Thomas Dimitrioff, who's now the CEO of Sumer Sports, which is big into analytics in the NFL. He'll join us at seven o'clock. We've got Feinstein at eight, and our old pal Charlie Casserly. Nice. Former Redskins GM will join us at 920. Phone number, you want to chime in? Give us your take on Dan Quinn. You can call us on the MGM National Harbor Lister lines at 800-636-1067. You can text us on the Tom's Creek Windows text machine. Standard message and data charges may apply. And always tweet us at Junks Radio. We'll be right back. All right, so the commanders finally filled their coaching vacancy. Dan Quinn, former coach. Of the Atlanta Falcons, took them to the Super Bowl. He gets hired, and I know via social media, most people were not enthused. I mean, when we did polls along the way, if Ben Johnson was in the poll, he won it. Yeah. Then yeah. if Mike McDonald was in the poll, he would win it. I actually think the, the only guy-, guy I think that was lower on the totem pole for the fan base than Dan Quinn was Eric Bieniemy? I think the most excited guy in the country about the Dan Quinn hire, hmm. he's going to be insufferable tonight at the 106.7 The Fan versus Team 980 Live. The Chris rooster, Russell. Chris Russell. Yeah. That guy loves him some Dan Quinn. He was he was victory lapping it all over the like place Dan yesterday when he was hired. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I, I was getting texts from buddies that hated the decision. <laughs> One guy said it's an embarrassing hire. <laughs> Another guy said wrong move. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I told him, I said, look, Nobody knows. <clears throat> this is, nobody knows. And I said, we're about to play the 58th Super Bowl. 
Right. right? So 58 years of Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many coaches in the history of the NFL have taken their teams to Super Bowls? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you exactly how many. In 58. 65. Mm-hmm. All right, 65 coaches have taken their, their teams to Super Bowls. Ron Rivera is one of them. Mm-hmm. So is Dan Quinn. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So you can kill him for having a, a 500 record and, you know, he was 0-5 in year six. They, they let him go. There's probably a lot of different reasons. But he took his team to a Super Bowl. I think he probably learned a lot in those six years. His, de- his defenses have already always been good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Drabby would know this. When he was in Seattle as a defensive coordinator, they finished number one in points and yards allowed in the league. Back-to-back yeah, years. Two years. What's weird That's is in Atlanta. And in Dallas this year, yeah. even though they looked like crap against Green Bay. It fell apart. And, and maybe you can put some of that on Dan Quinn. They didn't make the adjustments. We were talking to the guy yesterday about that. Uh, but they finished fifth in points allowed right. and in um, yards allowed. So he's historically had really good defenses. Now he's got to put a staff together. Outside of Atlanta. What's weird is in Atlanta, I think the offenses were better than the defenses. Yeah, but Drabby, you were pointing out something the other day that they didn't spend a lot of money on their defense. Yeah, I'd have to find it, but like five years in a row, they were below 25th in the NFL in money spent on defense. Yeah, so maybe they just went all in on offense. I know that another anecdote that I learned, you know, as we're all kind of just like uh, getting our, our, our files filled here on, on Dan Quinn is I think it was on one of Kime's podcasts because I was listening to a bunch of them yesterday. Um, they alluded to the fact that he uh, like went to like NBA guys and asked them how they handled uh, guys that don't fit position, like tweeners. Mm-hmm. And look at what he's done with Micah Parsons. Puts them all over the football field. The kind of thing we were desperate. Now, Chase Young's not a tweener. But it's the kind of thing we were desperate to see with right. Chase. Now, it turns out Chase has no motor, doesn't like football, <laughs> right. and sucks. Yeah. We, we but, knew that already, but, but yes. it's that kind of innovation that you wouldn't necessarily think a guy in his mid-50s yeah. you know, might have. So I, I'm very uh, pro-Dan Quinn. I mean, wouldn't, I don't know if he would have been my top choice, but I don't think it was a horrible hire by any means. <clears> probably safe hire. And, you know. Also, if compete for a, a Super Bowl, of, we're light years away from that. Yeah, I right. just want to be good. I just want to be competing I for get better. playoff spots. Right. Yeah, I just want to get better. And if he can assemble, he'll get us better. If he can assemble a staff, anything like that 2016 Atlanta staff that he had, mm-hmm. I mean, that it was filled with Give guys. Give us some names that, besides Shanahan. Well, Kyle Shanahan, the OC, Raheem Morris, both LaFleurs, and Mike McDaniel were on that staff. There you go. So, I mean, he, he was identifying guys who have gone on to become, these guys are all head coaches with the exception of... One of the LaFleur, the LaFleur's. But I understand. He's an OC. I understand some of the hate because he's not an offensive guy. He's not 38 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, JP you know, equates him to, um, you know, a Rivera-like. It, it, and it I, feels I, like Rivera. The one thing I'll say. And I understand that because you, you're looking at the overall numbers. Yes. But I'm just going to bank on the fact that he's a smart football coach. His players always loved him. He's a leader. He's going to put hopefully put together a good staff. And that's why And I predicted that they were going to make an announcement in the next couple of days when I said that yesterday. When Schefter said it was going to take two weeks, I, right. I didn't trust that because mm-hmm. you got to go out and you got to start plucking guys yes. to, to assemble a staff. You don't want to be you last. Can't, you can't wait. I two mean, they weeks. already were last hiring, yeah. but you don't want to be last. And then, and of then course, all the of a number you don't two have pick, the guys. Eric, the number mm-hmm. two pick, whoever it is, has to work. Well, out. that's the most critical. Like that is going to determine his fate. Yeah. If Adam Peters yes. identifies and finds the right quarterback at two, Dan Quinn has a really good shot. If the number two pick. Well, and, on then, his face? and then all the guys right. they assemble Dan around Quinn, them. You know why Quinn that is? is doomed. It's the Jimmies and the Joes. And you give yeah. him That's the Jimmies and the Joes, he will do well. It's part of so. it. And the biggest Jimmy and Joes quarterback. Of That's the right. biggest factor for sure. What I wanted to say is, look, I said, I said this on Twitter, I said this on the show. 
it feels like Ron Rivera being hired again. It doesn't to me. Guy, it does to you. It doesn't to me. A defensive guy who had a modicum of success in his stop. And then when you look at the records, Ron Rivera in nine seasons took his team to the playoffs four times. In six seasons with the Falcons, he only took Dan Quinn. The Falcons twice. to playoffs twice. Yeah, 33%. but I believe in both those times, I listened but, to a guy on another podcast I have to look at it because I was just listening to it as I was driving in this morning, who said he basically considered them competing for Super Bowls both those years. Okay. So that, I think it was the first year maybe they won 10 games or the something, fir- or, the, or the second year, whatever, third year, whatever The year it was. they went to the Super Bowl, they won 11. Right. And then they won 10, 10, but Shanahan was gone. Right. But, but I think two of those years, that guy who was in that town covering them considered them competing for a Super Bowl. They were that good mm-hmm. in his mind. All right. Well, Carolina at least once. So when you look at the numbers – uh, Ron had a better winning percentage at Carolina. People go, oh, well, because he went 15-1 and one that year. What are you going to do, take that away? He he had a, a better, a very similar percentage of winning seasons as compared to Dan Quinn. So that gets me nervous. Somebody tweeted, though, this difference, and it's true. Ron went, went from one job right to the next. There was no break. Yeah, And Quinn had a couple seasons here. Where he's had time to think about what went wrong, mm-hmm. he's, he's worked as a defensive as coordinator a DC in other spots. Yeah, well, so did Ron. No, no, Ron no. had a post number one head coaching experience. So he's worked with other staffs post his head coaching experience. I know, seeing how other organizations work and excelled at DC. I, I, I am saying that, but I but I put this on. Um, I think on our junkies Facebook page, facebook.com slash junks. If you had to give me the order of importance in the off season for the Commanders, three things. Finding a GM, finding a head coach, and figuring out what to do with that number two pick. Mm-hmm. Well, the one they have to hit on the what most do you put is last? The coach. Coach. I put the coach, coach last. last. Right. Now I do think coaching's important. It is important, but I think there's a lot. Of I, I think good a lot of really good coaches don't succeed when they don't have a quarterback in the NFL. Right. To me, the so major that, distinction to me is, is more important. Quinn is coming only to coach. Ron came to coach, clean up right. the mess from Dan Snyder. Run the personnel department. He picked he uniforms. Was, he was overmatched. Yeah. He had he had Pick too much names. on his plate from day one. Right. Quinn's coming in just to do coaching, and now there's a, a real grown up taking care of the personnel that he doesn't even have to worry when, about. When Ron came in, and if he didn't have to deal with all the off the field stuff, all right. First of all, he had to deal with Snyder, mm-hmm. okay, and all the sexual harassment. He had to deal with the name change stuff. Yeah. He inherited Dwayne Haskins. He was probably forced to keep that, and maybe he would have taken up the quarterback at two. He also Who was knows? dealing with cancer for a year. He had cancer. He had to deal with the COVID stuff, right? Yeah. Empty stadiums. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot. If, if all that stuff didn't happen, maybe it would have turned out differently. It wasn't we a great know. run for him. It wasn't a great so run. So let's just see how Dan Quinn, how Stout starts. I'm not expecting big things next year. I think year. they're totally different no, no, it's people. Gonna take, it's going to take – you've got to build it. Yeah, you've got to build it up. I don't see this being, you know, like – Go from four wins to nine or ten all of a sudden. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think so that. either. Although everybody keeps pointing to the Texans and go, if you find your quarterback, you can't. Well, that's an okay, outlier. Maybe, I don't think maybe, that's true. Maybe it can happen, but that's an outlier. It's a, mir- it's a miracle. But let's just see. <laughs> it's not a miracle. It happens every year. Mm. There are teams it's that just go hard four wins to play. It's hard like to do. Three not players rookie head coaches good. and rookie quarterbacks. It, that, that's it's rare. It's just hard to do. It's very hard to do. Yeah. There are turnarounds. So all the hate, and I see it. You know, I'm sure social media, you guys see that stuff. I'm sure it's not a sexy hire. I get it. But it could be a good hire. Of course. of course. It could be a good hire. Of, of the eight hires, the most popular ones are Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Okay, and everybody would want Harbaugh. And I think McDonald to right. Seattle. 
those guys could end up being duds. Yeah. And then guys you didn't expect to become stars could become stars. I love it because I and, and this is why, because everyone hates it. <laughs> that actually makes me like it. I think Jason sent a text Cody Benjamin on that CBS. Makes me like it. Everyone hated yeah. Sirianni. Everybody hated Dan That's Campbell. So everybody yeah, I'll go back twenty five years. Everybody hated Steve Mariucci. And I just like it. The Cody Benjamin solo. gave him a D plus, right on it, on CBS. He graded all of these. How many football? Uh, eight hires. There was eight hires, right? Mm-hmm. He graded all of them. Most of them were. I mean, he gave Harbaugh, you know, the A plus for the Chargers, but most of them were in the B minus. Okay. If it was bad C, he gave Benjamin gave the Commanders choice a D plus. I guess like that was a, the worst like grade a, of all. It of was all the worst. Eight. That's grade. fine. That's like a draft day grade. Correct. Yeah. You know, like, come yeah. back to me in three years. You might be right. Maybe it's a D. Maybe it's an F. Who, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. We gotta, I like wait it because everybody, because I don't know anything and I know it. But all these other guys on Twitter think they know everything. You don't know anything either. And let's just see how it plays out. I think it's as good a hire as most any. Would I rather have an offensive guy because it's a little sexier? Sure. But maybe now we can hire an offensive guy whose sole job so- will be to groom this quarterback and Dan can be the head coach and do head coach stuff. Not necessarily on the defense. I, I expect him to call the plays on defense. Maybe, but I don't think he's going to be the DC. He's going to no, hire they DC. always have a DC. Okay, I, I don't necessarily need him to, to call plays on defense. Whatever your philosophy is, yeah, you can handle. I kind of want him DC. <laughs> this is more of a joke, but, but when we were talking about it, he's been a booth guy for Dallas. Kind of want to be a head coach from the booth. You know, that would be when hilarious. He's, in the booth, uh-huh. he's freaking fire. Here's what I do yeah. want him to continue: backwards hat head coach. Like, that would be I mean, there, there aren't any of those that guys would be out there. Hey, he's, a, he's a Jersey boy. That's he what they is. do. Yep. Of all the guests we have on this show, somewhat routinely, Logan Paulson might go down as one of the smarter ones. Okay, definitely, and he, he loves him. Yeah. Swears by him. Loves the guy. him. Loves that dude. Loves him. In fact, there might even be a, a. I could even see. I could even see Logan working with him. Seems I have a good relationship with him. Um, so I, I like that too. So I, I'm pro Dan Quinn. It's not a sexy hire, and you know. But I, I think I'm I like it. You want to hear Logan? You want to hear Logan? Yeah, glowing about him. Yeah. yeah. When I heard Dan Quinn was in the co- was was up and being interviewed for this job, I just think there there couldn't be a better person for that role. You know, and what I mean by that is just. When I was with him in Atlanta, like he made this work environment that was so exciting. Every day was such an exciting opportunity to come to work. You wanted to be in the building. You were all moving in the right direction. And that's him. That's how he addressed the players. That's him, how he empowered his coaching staff. And I it just, I never had so much fun playing football as I did um, from a head coaching standpoint, as I did when I was in Atlanta. And so he deserves a ton of credit for that. I think he's got a great vision for um, kind of how to build a culture I also think he understands some of his shortcomings and some of his failings from from his time in Atlanta, and I think he's ready to kind of have an opportunity to fix that. So I know a lot of people are really excited about Ben Johnson, offensive coach, all those different things, but I think it's important for for fans and people outside of that process to understand that the head coach has to be a motivator and a manager at the highest level, and I think Dan Quinn brings that. I think he also brings innovative innovative football, and I think when you look at his resume, think about how bad – the Cowboys' defense was the year before he got there. And, and in, in an offseason, it transitioned. It was a lot of the same players. And the thing that's different is obviously the scheme, but obviously creating that bind with the players, creating the relationship with the players. And you're really not going to find a head coach, in my opinion, that I've played for that does a better job of that. For the record, they finished 7-9 and nine that season. Mm-hmm. And Logan was uber complimentary. And we talked about some of the coaches that Logan played for in his career. So... 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I trust him. Look, I'll, I'll give him a shot. I don't know that I'd give him three years. I expect results in two years. I'm not saying Super Bowl in two years, but JP's guys turn quick to ball. Two yeah, you guys like to hold guy. on. You held on to, well, hold on. to two, two years a little unfair. No, no, but in yeah. two, I mean, come on, you just no, want to see improvement. Correct. In right. two years, I think though you you generally know if the guys. The right guy. For well, the you job. don't want to see a, a worse record in year two. I the get only it. way he doesn't get three years is if he he posts like <clears throat> two and four wins in the first two years, and you know it's just an abject disaster, and you see no plan or no path for them to improve. Look, if you look at the the percentage of new coaching hires that actually work out, mm-hmm. it's like the first round quarterback stats. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I mean, just look at how many coaches don't last their contracts. In their now he's a second year coach because he was a coach of Falcons, but in their new jobs it doesn't it's hard to do. Well, just like twenty five percent of the league changed. Yeah, this it's year, hard. Eight to do. teams out of thirty two right. have new head coaches, and right. next season they probably have another eight. Yeah, it's just hard to do. But I and the fans are going to be all over the place on this. I'm sure, I, but I'm sure the majority of them don't love to hire. But you also have to remember the Commanders talk to other guys, and we're hearing rumors about. You know, contract discussions with other guys. Who knows? But nobody else wanted to come here. Yeah, 61%. Nobody else wanted to come here. I, I put a poll up on our Instagram page, Sports Junkies Radio. Give us a follow on Instagram. And it's 61% don't like the hire. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that bodes well. I'm not surprised. Because people are stupid. <laughs> people, everyone thinks they're a know-it-all. So I'm willing to well. see what his second act looks like. Because there, yeah. there are plenty of guys who, in their second act, they succeed and they do well and they go on to win Super Bowls. I, I like Andy his... Reid uh, jumps to mind. <clears throat> yeah, in his Bill Belichick act. jumps to mind. Pete right. Carroll jumps to of, mind. A lot of guys. Who... I, I would say Mike McCarthy's doing okay in Dallas. Not great. He hasn't won a Super Bowl, but that's his second well. stop. Win a well, Super Bowl is that like early in the playoffs. Every so year hard to after, win a Super after, Bowl. After, yeah, I mean he's got that reputation. All right, let's go to the phones. Eight hundred six three six one zero six seven happened right he, after the show yesterday. Dan Quinn is in. He is your new head coach of the Washington Commanders. If he, if he could take the 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 skins to the playoffs two times out of four, that would be and he's like, Joe Gibbs two point. That would be huge. Success. That would be pretty darn good. Yeah. Now you want more than that? You want better than that? Sure. But, but that's, that's how bad it's been That's where the here. bar is at this point. All right. And it's kind of sad, but that's where we are. Let's go to Chris. And by the way, there's not much talent on the team. There's well, not much that, talent. You know what? That's where Adam Peters comes in. Exactly. Adam Peters, that's why you're He's here. Gonna get, Replenish everything. I And I'm just throwing this out there as a prediction because I have no idea who the quarterback's going to be. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what free agents they're signing. You have an idea. It's probably going to be Drake Mayer, Jaden Daniels. Okay, but this is what I don't know. Or I don't know Caleb if they're, they're going to be good. Okay, so. Yeah. But I think that the Washington Commanders will go to the playoffs in his third year. JP's not going to okay. give him three years. I think three. No, but my point is by playoffs. year two, you kind of know. You kind of know. know. I don't know. If you I'm know. not predicting playoffs in the first two years, but year three, I'm predicting playoffs. I think that's a reasonable prediction. Mm-hmm. Well, you, and if he doesn't, you should be on a track. If he doesn't, then, then, then you're going to be questioned. Then you're starting to reconsider. Yeah. Right. All right, let's go to Chris in Clinton. Chris, what's up? Hey guys, good morning. How are you guys hey, doing? Chris, I'm doing good. Uh, I was a Falcons fan. I'm still a Falcons fan, and uh, I like Dan Quinn. Four and a half, four years, and five games. I've supported Dan Quinn. I'm gonna tell you what you're gonna get out of Dan Quinn. Um, first and foremost, one of you guys said it. Y'all alluded to it that we didn't have, we didn't spend money on defense. We drafted Thomas Dimitrov. They drafted 
in that Super Bowl, we had seven first-year players starting on defense for our team. We had a young defense draft. We drafted a young defense, and Atlanta spent so much money on the offense. They spent so much money on Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Alex Mack, and offensive line. They didn't spend money on defense. So Dan Quinn, the first year is Dan Quinn in Atlanta. The defense finished top 15, mm-hmm. where we finished 8-8. Eight and eight. After that, um, we went to the Super Bowl the next year. Um, but I'm going to tell you one thing. Dan Quinn will not be the defensive coordinator when he comes to Washington because he learned from his mistakes. Uh, the defense wasn't great when Dan Quinn was calling the defense. We was in the 20, 25th, 26th finishing defense. Uh, I'm a firm believer of second chances, and Dan Quinn, he proved that he studied the game of football because in Atlanta we set back in the cover three defense a lot, and we was getting exposed. Dan Quinn, when he went to Dallas, he started blitzing, mixing up his defense. So the beauty about hiring got it, Dan got Quinn, it. yeah, just I mean, gonna let you go because your phone sucks. Gonna, yeah, your phone stinks. Thanks. He'll he'll adapt his scheme to the talent that he has hey, in house and that gets drafted. JP here. may not have alluded to it, but Drabby, what do you remember when he was there? When Dan was in <clears> Seattle, <throat> were they overly aggressive? Were they passive? What were they like? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the thing I love. First of all, he's gonna move guys around all over the field. That's one of his signature things. And the the thing that I loved about him in Seattle and in Dallas is that. They are going to get takeaways. They are going to get go for the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw what he did with Diggs and Bland in Dallas. I mean, Sherman led the league in interceptions year after year while he was up there. He's, I mean, he's just a great teacher, great instructor. He's so are you pro or, or, or con on the hire? I, li- I like it. I mean, yeah. all, if Seattle didn't hire McDonald, yeah. I was all about Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really like him. I'm I mean, totally fine with it. Yeah. I mean, look, he's, he's not the sexy wonder boy that – Grant wants, or mm-hmm. and and Grant makes compelling arguments for sure, and it's it is similar if you just look on the outside of to Rivera. And typically, when coaches get fired, you want something completely opposite to give you that spark in the off season that you feel good about. So you're the off season champ. But I think Dan Quinn deserves another chance. He was almost hired last year. He decided <laughs> to stay in Dallas. He's the one that pulled himself out of head coaching conversations last year. He pulled a Ben Johnson last he had year. One, he had a, they had a bad game against Green Bay in the yeah. playoffs. So what? The year before, they lost to San Francisco in the playoffs. San Francisco scored like uh, yep. four field goals. Mm-hmm. They did nothing on Dallas's mm-hmm. defense. Yep. He can put. The, he can game oh. plan. He, I of course. I I just think also I don't necessarily <laughs> want my head coach to be obsessed with the one position that everyone's obsessed with here: quarterback. This frees him up. Yeah, he can hire a guy, his OC and his quarterback's coach and his passing game coordinator. They can nurture him, mm-hmm. and he can oversee it. Yeah. But they can nurture him. And I also think he just has more passion than, than uh, Ron did at this point. passionate dude. And by the time Ron came here, he was well, just Another plus out. is you weaken a division opponent by getting him away yeah. from Dallas. And it looks like he's going to bring Joe Witt Jr. as his D.C. That's what the report is. He's plucking away some from staff Dallas from too. Dallas. Yeah. So that... That's only a positive. All right, got to take a break. If you want to chime in, 800-636-1067, the biggest story in D.C., the head coach of the Commanders. That job has been filled by Dan Quinn, former Falcons head coach. We're going to talk to his former boss, Thomas Dimitrov, GM of the Falcons, during the Quinn era at 7 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106 of the Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. We have our event tonight at the Bethesda Theater. I don't know if there are any tickets left, but you can grasp at BethesdaTheater.com. We got an email from our boss, CK, and I know there was just like a handful of tickets. I think there were like a dozen tickets like late last night. So maybe there's a couple left, but if 
you can grasp, go to BethesdaTheater.com. I will say a lot of people have been asking about it. Yeah. And yeah. it's all be fun. brought to you by Main Street Bank. Put their team in your office, Main Street Bank. We love Main Street Bank for supporting the show. So when I get home, I often flip on the TV and I'll flip around like the sports shows. And I got home and it was right around the time that the announcement was made about Dan Quinn. And mm-hmm. I sit down and I'm having my lunch and I had uh, Colin Cowherd show on. And he had some interesting stats of the last three years. This would be anti-hiring a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. In 2021, the playoffs, offensive coaches won 12 games in the playoffs. Defensive coaches won one. Mm-hmm. In 2022, in the playoffs, offensive coaches won 12 playoff games. Defensive coaches won one. And in 2023-24, this season... It is nine to four. Buffalo well, they, is the, the team that won with the defensive head coach. Well, you know the counter to that. The counter to that. I'd is, love to hear a counter to that because that this is why owners are looking for offensive. Well, the counter to that coaches. is those numbers are skewed because there's far more offensive oriented head coaches than there are defense. So you're going to have fewer opportunities to win games from a defensive. There's, but there's, there's, a re- there's a reason for there being more that's offensive a that, head coaches. That's a different argument, but the, but you, it's, not, it's not apples to apples. It's not I, like you got 16 and 16. Yes, however, it's not as it's not that far skewed off. It's not like it's 25 offensive coaches and only seven, seven defensive coaches in the league. Mm. Um, the last five <laughs> Super Bowls have been offensive coaches. You can look at just winning percentages. So... It's not to say that Quinn can't be successful. They just went against a trend, and the league kind of did, right? Mm-hmm. I think five out of the eight coaches mm-hmm. hired in this cycle are defensive guys. Yeah, Raheem Morris, defensive guy. O.J. Uh, 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 Mayo, defensive guy. All right, so here's what I'll say is let's set the bar down. If you're, if you're setting the bar at win the Super Bowl, I'll bet against any coach you put in here, okay, short of God. Any coach you put here, I'm going to say won't win a Super Bowl just because it's hard to win a Super Bowl. Now, if you say, is he going to be successful in the sense that will he go to the playoffs? I don't know. I think if you go half the time. That'd be great. Yeah, you want a consistent playoff. If you go half the time, that'd be pretty good, but you probably wouldn't be fired. But So, I don't know. Will this guy go to the playoffs twice in four years? What do you think the chances are? 25%? I mean, it really depends on whether the quarterback develops into a good quarterback. I'll go higher than that just because I'm I'm pro-Quinn. I'll I'll go... 40 to 50 Yeah, so if you set the bar at just like go to the playoffs a couple times out of four years and be somewhat competitive and have a shot maybe, I think Quinn could do it. I'll bet against anybody, Ben Johnson, Kyle Shanahan, anybody. Sure, take the field. Take, yeah, uh, they're going to take this team to the Super Bowl. Of course, Jason it's just impossible. He us, gave us the, the stat. 65 coaches in the history of the game have been to the Super Bowl. Right, how many yeah. coaches have there been in the NFL in Co- history? Hundreds? Yeah. Hundreds. <laughs> Thousands? I don't know. Hundreds, probably, definitely. <laughs> hundreds of head coaches. Yeah, you're just, hundreds, you're just playing the odds. Coaches. You're yeah. just playing the odds. Just say he's not, he's not going to be successful. Right, yeah. correct. Look, but I, I, think think, he will, I think he will be successful in the sense that I think we'll be more competitive. I think we'll be better. We should make the playoffs a few times. And then, you know, probably flame out because it's hard to win. A Super I'm Bowl. definitely optimistic about what he can do with the defense. And I think he can build a good staff. They have a GM in place. We have to trust that he's going to pick the right players. And then, man, that number two pick is huge. You mm-hmm. can't do what the then Redskins did and draft Chase Young and miss out on quarterbacks who could potentially well, turn your franchise we know around. That we know in all of our hearts of hearts that they're not picking a defensive player 
at number two. I mean, it's no. it's impossible that that happens. No, no. I mean, They're 99% taking... chance is a quarterback, quarterback yeah. but if it's not a quarterback, it's some other form of offensive player, like a receiver, lineman, yeah. receiver. Like, you just, I mean, unless you have, I don't know, the next Lawrence Taylor that you know is going to develop, you can't burn that number two pick on a defensive player when you have a screaming need at your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Even if you do have that long-term view of, this is going to be a, a three- or four-year rebuild. It's not going to all happen in year one. We're going to take our quarterback in the second year of the Adam Peters era. I think that they're obviously looking to jumpstart it in year one of his era. I don't think it takes that long. Now, Dayball's second year, they regress. But mm-hmm. Dayball's first year, boom, turned that Giants team around quickly. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it happens can, every season. Dayball also, by the way. Was he an offensive guy or defensive guy? What's Dave? He was. He was an offensive, offensive. guy. He was. He was the guy that sprinkled the uh, magic dust on Josh Allen in Buffalo. Mm, okay, but he's he's on the hot seat already in New York. So that's right. how quickly all it three turn. Of, all three of those guys are in the NFC East. I, I think Dan Quinn is an equal coach to these other coaches in the NFC East. It's not like you're we're like, not going to get out. You don't have McVay and Shanahan where you're just they're spinning circles around mm-hmm. you. He, you got to you got a coach in this who can compete in this. He's division. definitely competent. Yeah. Yeah. They could have done way worse, I think. And 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 if and if you believe in Peters and all these things that we say were positive about the team going in, mm-hmm. the cap space. It's a it's a it's a it's a chance. I think to succeed, he definitely has a chance to succeed. It may take some time, but I think if Peters with the cap space and the draft, and they have all these draft picks. I don't think it's going to take that long. Yeah, they're not to show you. I'm not saying they're going to win they're not this winning year. Nine games next year. I don't think they no. won four this year. Well, that would be that. that would be a remarkable. I think year a, one. A if good... somehow that were that could happen. They win Realistic six. The goal be seven. Yeah, six or seven. If they win seven, you and say okay, step in the right two, direction. Nine, and then you're yeah. three, yeah. ten plus. And then in a in perfect world, that would be great. But you're seeing even with Dable, it ain't a perfect. I know world. we got to go to the calls real quick, but um, I'm just looking at all of the coaches hired since 2019. Okay, in the NFL. From 2019 to 2022, there were 23 coaching hires. That's a lot. How many were good? If you just had 14 of them were fired already. (laughs) So since 2019, 14 coaches. And some of the, about half of those guys were offensive guys like McDaniels, like Josh, or like Adam Gase, like um, Kingsbury. Right. Uh, 14 guys out of 23 are fired. We're on Kingsbury. Like he's the next boy genius. They thought he was a genius, right? Yeah. Hey, he's back. Well, that's a good spot for him. OC. OC is a good spot for him. All right. We've got to take a break. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show. Reaction to the Dan Quinn hire. His former boss, uh, two-time NFL executive of the year, was the GM of the Atlanta Falcons. Thomas Dimitrioff will give us some insight next here on The Junkies. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Come back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. If you're listening to us in Richmond, appreciate you listening to us on 910 The Fan. And we are streaming live on the Odyssey app. You can take us on the go wherever you may be. You can also watch us on the Monumental Sports Network. Presented by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and cooling company of the Junkies. Looking to be their next five-star HVAC technician or plumber. Just visit CropMetcalf.com to join their team. It's Bish, Cakes, EB, and JP. Talking about the hiring of Dan Quinn, former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, has been the defense coordinator with the Cowboys. I think we're efforting his former boss, and Jason was helping me out. I've always thought his name was pronounced Dimitrioff. Okay. And I was like throwing the I in there. Mm -hmm. I've seen him on TV before. And Mike Florio Florio pronounced pronounced it. it Dimitrioff. Yeah. He doesn't have that second eye. Yes, so, that's how you pronounce it. Dimitrov, yes. Dimitrov, okay. And, and Thomas Dimitrov worked with Belichick, Scott mm-hmm. Pioli for many years as a director of college scouting in uh, New England. And then, of course, in Atlanta, he was the GM for many years. Right. From so, 08 to 2020. Yeah. I mean, he was there for a long time. Yeah, he had a long he, run. JP put a picture of Dimitrov and, and Quinn, and Quinn just dwarfs him. You know, <laughs> yeah. Dimitrov looks like a little, uh, just like skinny guy. Well, if you really want to see Quinn's this huge guy, if you really want to see Quinn like look massive. Go look at the shot of him when he was at Salisbury. Oh, he's he's got dude. the world's biggest shoulder pads on. Yeah, like the shoulder pads back when he's he was a big. He dude, was playing man. college football. Uh-huh. Like, were it was a different era. He's like, uh, it's kind of Dan Campbellish. You know, yeah. Dan Campbell played tight end. I get mm-hmm. it, but um, yeah, big dude. All right, while we're waiting for Thomas, you want to take a couple calls? Sure, real quick? sure. Why don't we do that? All right, let's go. Let me see here. Let's go to Mike in D.C. Mike, what's up, buddy? What do you think? Terrible high, man. I'm from the era that you do not get anybody off the Cowboy staff. <laughs> Stupid. So that's that's a horrible idea. Stupid. Right. Stupid. So wait a minute. All right, go Dumb. Ahead. Go ahead. Wait a minute. That is yeah. an immature. I want to hear this stand. rationale. This is it. That isn't no. I'm gonna say it's immature stance, but that's the era I come from. Mm-hmm. Eb, I thought you were too. I expected you to rant, but you want you. You're not. And no, because I don't that's have. I don't hate. I think it's good to take a guy from him. We'll get all the inside scoop on them. It'll help us scheme up against right. them. You get to play him twice a year. Yeah, that's an I advantage. think it's good. 
Well, again, I thought you were from the era. I guess you were, because when you're from that era, you don't even take that to account. But I'm that was like back in the James Washington so, days so when Mike, he came Mike, over you, here. Uh, Mike, you, you, you don't didn't like that. That's where I'm from. I know I'm me too, but I'm, I'm mature. Yeah, so, Mike, let me ask you this: you don't like the hire just uh-huh. be, you don't like the hire just because he's a former Cowboys Cowboy. coach. It's you don't think he's a no. bad coach. You just don't like him because he was a no, Cowboys coach. No, no. Uh, uh-uh. I have a, I have a second point. All right. All right. Now, I, I, now, if you want to look at it analytically. The man's a 500 coach. Right. He, he only, they only smack us around and teams like us around. Every time they get to a juggernaut or a team that's decent, they get punched in the mouth. Just the Green Bay Packers. They, the fans were complaining that the Green Bay Packers came in there laughing and whipping their behind and talking to them like, y'all not, we don't care nothing about your defense. So they beat people like us downtrodden, but every time they play a good organization, they get punched in the mouth if you want to look at it analytically about Dan Quinn. <laughs> well, I look so, at his rankings, especially like the well, back-to-back years of number one ranked defenses in Seattle, and I understand did they win a, a special Super Bowl group. when he was there? Yes. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, EB, I, I, I just think, you know what? You're selfish. You just want your name back. That's all. You want your That EB is back. true. Done, <laughs> I do want my name back, and I'm going to get it back. Thank you for the call. So, so I do want it back. According to Mike's philosophy, if, if say, say C.D. Lamb requested a trade to the Commanders for whatever reason, just wanted to come play for, for Dan Quinn, he would say, you know what? We don't want C.D. Lamb on our team because he's a former well, Cowboy. Well, you know, the joke That's was. That's just dumb. I think. Some, uh, somebody either he tweeted it or he told a reporter. Micah Parsons said, "I might go with him." Right, That's how I, much yeah. he likes him. He now he's it. obviously kidding yeah. or whatever, but he's, um, got, he's got a fair point about some of the good teams that Dallas played this year. But uh, <coughs> they did hold the Lions to nineteen. They mm-hmm. beat the Lions twenty to nineteen. Uh, but they did get hammered by teams like concerned. San Francisco. He's but proven his chops. He has proven it. You know, he's um, got a Super Bowl as a DC. Yes, he uh, took a team to a Super Bowl as a head coach. Yeah, give me a break. So you can focus on all the negatives, but. There are positives. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised Cakes is flipping a little bit too because he was so I'm anti. Willing to, I'm willing to give the guy defensive a chance. Court, defensive I'm not, coach I'm not just going to punt him away just because he's a defensive coach that has a record similar that that smacks kind of Ron Rivera's record. I, I, I know there are other factors at play here. Rivera's was actually better. I think he's better than Rivera by far. He's he's involved. He's emotionally involved. Yeah, I'm just going to spend innovative. Though. Not here. I know you're scarred by what happened here, right? But when he was hired, right, that I was don't his think reputation. That, I don't think that. Uh, my guess is, and I'm willing to bet on it, that he doesn't go into a shell and just becomes an arms folded guy. Yeah. I don't think so. But we have his former boss, who's now with uh, Sumer Sports, former two-time NFL Executive of the Year. He is the CEO of Sumer Sports. They bring the best analysis to the most popular sport in America, SumerSports.com. It is Thomas Dimitrov. Hey, Thomas. Gentlemen, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. We're having you on to uh, learn about Dan Quinn. You obviously worked with him for many, many years. Talk about what that run was like for you, what you learned about him along the way. Look, you guys guys are getting a, I think, a fantastic coach. I'm, I'm so happy that he's back at the helm. I mean, I was thinking the last few years that he's been, you know, kind of trying to figure out the right place to go because he brings unbelievable passion, unbelievable. You know, he's that kind of guy that's just a combination of really intuitive and bright, communicative guy, really gregarious. You guys will love him in the media as well. The fan base will love him. The players, I don't know how many people I've talked to, players who have said they have never played for a coach that they've wanted to play for more than Dan. So it's a combination of, it's a combination of 
learning, of course, what he learned when he was with us during those years, and then coming back into that second time around, which I think is going to be fantastic for him. Thomas, take us back in time a little bit. Put us in the room with you when you interviewed Dan Quinn. What was it about him that jumped out at you that that made you say, this is our guy? You went back to Arthur Blank and said, this is going to be the guy to lead the Falcons And who else were you interviewing? I'm curious back then. Well, look, back then we were, we were interviewing, let's see, Josh McDaniel was up, up there. you know, And you remember uh, when, when Dan was out during that time, I mean, he was the hot commodity. And, and mm-hmm. we knew, and Arthur Blank, you know Arthur, I mean, from, from being around the league and watching, I mean, he's, he's the guy that's going to go after his man. So when we were interviewing Dan, you know, again, he, he didn't miss a beat. He was one of those guys that was just, you know, again, look you in the eye because I'm a big believer in, you know, yes, there's a lot of people out there you want an offensive coordinator, but I would say to anyone, anyone, you get the leader, you get the person that's going to have the room, both offense and defense is what Dan was as well, right? Sometimes coaches sway towards the side of the ball that they're, you know, obviously their background is, but Dan's the guy that gets the entire group, and that's something that was really, really impressive with him. And again, Arthur, knowing that he was the guy, we were, we went, and, and I'm, I, I have no problem talking about this. I mean, I was when we had Mike Smith in, in uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, it's called 53. You guys know what that is, right? Final football say. We, we wanted Dan so much that for a first-time coach, we were given 53. I was turning over 53 to uh, a first-time head coach. That's how much we believed in him. Mm. Thomas, um, so a lot of the skeptics here in Washington are looking at his total record in Atlanta, okay? And, and and I'm a I'm a pro Dan Quinn guy. Okay, we went to the same college. I actually I actually nice. I actually used to interview him on my college radio show at Salisbury <laughs> State back in the day. But um, yes. let me ask you this though: we have skeptics. A lot of fans are skeptics because of his total record in Atlanta. And I say, look, the, in the history of the Super Bowls, 65 coaches have taken their teams to Super Bowls. He's one of them. All right, out of all the coaches that have ever coached in the NFL, and it's hundreds, he's one of them. But what happened towards the end of Dan's run there when you were there as the GM those last three years? Why was why was he fired when when you guys went 0-5 in his sixth year? What happened to the team? Well, remember, I mean, look, I mean, there are certain teams out there and owners out there who, you know, think longevity a lot more than Arthur Blank. And, again, I'm, I'm, that's not a, a dig in any way. <laughs> Arthur is a competitive right. football and businessman, right? I mean, that's what he believes in, wins. And we just – it was the same way with our, our our group before, the regime before with Mike Smith. I mean, we did some really, really good things. Again, Mike Smith won coach a year, three out of five years, and then he, we had two years, and then Mike was fired. So just keep that in perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you know, Dan, again, we, we did a lot of really good things. And, and even beyond – everyone should know this – even beyond that 16 run where we get to the Super Bowl, we have that unfortunate loss, and, and it still gnaws at everyone, right? He came back in 17 and got too deep into the playoff. And quite honestly, uh, it could have, should have, would have, right? But we get there. If that game would have went just a little different against Philadelphia, we would have had a chance, I think, to, to make another run back in. So my point is that's very rare. A lot of times – Coaches don't bring their people back even to the – they don't even get into the playoffs. They have like a horrible year the year after they lose the Super Bowl. Dan's a guy that got, keeps everyone rallied, right? That last year, we just had a run of a year plus, a year and a half, and it was just unfortunate. We had some mistakes on different parts of, of the game, some special teams mistakes. And, again, 
remember, I mean, Arthur is about wins, Arthur Blank, and then ultimately we just decided that, well, he decided it was both of us. Remember, Arthur brought both Dan and I into his house after a quarter of the season and just said it was time. And, and that's kind of, that's, that's the strong approach from a businessman who believes in what he wants. And, and it's unfortunate. He told me recently as they were looking for other coaches, Arthur Blank did. He's like, look, I have such respect for Dan after having spent the time I have in, in interviewing more and more coaches. You realize what you have in, in the guy that you do have. So keep that in perspective, I guess. What do, you, what do you think from afar, and I assume you and Dan are still close, what do you think he's learned in those years since? Yeah, uh, we are close. And, I, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think, I think Dan looks at, you know, the three, four, or five things that, that he looks at that needed, needed to change, like anyone, right? Any head coach will sit back and they'll Can look at Can you give examples? Yeah, look, I, I think I think there are times when we, and this is both of us, there are a lot of these things I take together, right? I mean, I'm a big believer in the NFL and that in that unbelievably important part of the communication between a general manager and the head coach. That relationship's massively important along with the head coach and the quarterback relationship. Dan had really good relationships with the players, as we did. We went a little too far with a guy like Julio Jones, right? So I think that's one of the things that he learns. Like, look, there's a there's a time and a place for you know being the 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 player guy, which he always was, and he'll never change that. But I think there's a place where you realize that you have to either move on from a player or or not, you know, be be. How does this sound? Be overly empathetic towards that player because I and and your coaching staff, right? I think those are things that that people learn as they go through their, their career as a, as a head coach. And I would as a GM, and I know Dan would as a, as a head coach, knowing like, hey, there are times when you have to get into people, and there are times when you have to potentially move on from people. And Dan's, to, to Dan's credit, Dan is not one of those guys that's going to stay with, a, a you know, let's say, a position coach or, or, or a coordinator too long. If he sees it's not working, I mean, he's got the, he's got the, 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 the stuff about him to make moves along the way and, and move on. So those are the things I think he learned along the way. All right. So you're the CEO of sumer sports, uh, com now. And I want you to kind of give me your analytical take on what Dan Quinn is walking into the commanders with Ron Rivera had a very disappointing year this season. Is this a team that is bereft of talent? How do you see it now? They do have cap space. They do have the number two pick. What should we expect here moving forward? Well, look, I, I, I can't comment too deeply on your team. I know I have a, a, a solid understanding of, you know, what you guys did last year and, and what was needed. You know, look, I'm a, as we all are, a big believer in where you're going at the helm at the quarterback spot. Mm-hmm. You guys are in a spot where you're going to bring in a head coach who understands about being around. I think a very good quarterback in Matt Ryan has a really good understanding of the offense. And that's, look, the other thing is really, really important to understand. Dan is – a, a like a personnel and a, an evaluation um, aficionado as a head coach. A lot of times those guys aren't like that, right? They kind of sit back and they let their GM, you know, Adam Peters, they let people do their thing. Dan's going to come in and want to be really involved in that way, in a really good way, gentlemen. It's, it's, he's going to have his, his, his prints on everything, again, in a good, productive, and, and communicative way with that GM. So coming in to look at what needs to be done, Dan is going to – He's not just going to be sitting back there with his legs kicked up working on the, on the playbook. He will be, 
But that is something to be known about Dan. I mean, when he got into our place, man, he spent so much time learning about all the other positions on the field and the offensive side. So as good as he is as a defensive coordinator, he has a really good grasp of what is needed on an offense and what he wants in an offense. That's what I would say more than, than trying to evaluate your football team. Rest assured, he and Adam are going to be working really well side by. I don't think there's another head coach in there that's going to be understanding of the GM's role and working with them together, not in, a, in any sort of a, a power struggle way. He is really good that way, and that's vital in the NFL. Yeah, we want to ask you about the Adam Peters hire too, but before that, um, you, you talked about your time as GM and in the interviewing process. You decided on Dan Quinn, a defensive guy, and all the stats are saying now, we just ran through a bunch of them uh, previously, all the stats are saying that teams with offensive-minded head coaches are doing better now, and I know the league has changed you know, since you were there in 2015, but do you think um, the, the thought of hiring an offensive-minded head coach is overblown versus a defensive guy now? Do you think it's kind of... Um, I don't know. I mean, is it is it more valuable to hire an offensive head coach in your mind than a defensive guy? Well, look, I get the idea and the concept of it. If you have a young quarterback and you you know you want to make sure that you're producing on offense, we all understand how important that is. But I would never make that decision to hire an offensive minded head coach who wasn't a leader, right? In lieu of leadership and and, and saying like, look, I'm just going to have this this young offensive coordinator. And quite honestly. He's going to sit in his office more than he should. I, look, I've seen that time and again, not just on that side, but, I mean, I have seen it, and I think it's important to step back and take a macro view on how you're hiring your head coach. And if that guy's going to have an ability to understand both sides of the ball, and, and look, I mean, there's so many, there are so many benefits of having an acutely aware defensive coordinator who knows what kicks his butt over the years. I think Dan has a really good feel for that. And I think there are some really good D coordinators out there who do. Yes, I understand the benefit of, a, of an offensive-minded you know, uh, quarterback sort of centric head coach. But that, to me, only goes so far. And I, I just think Dan brings a well-rounded side. And I think it goes against the idea that, you know, look, they did what they did down in Atlanta, Raheem Morris, recently. And their thought there is the same idea. Let's let's get a guy in here who, who has the leadership ability to be at the helm and bring the team together uh, more than it has been in the past. Thomas, you have crossed career paths with new commanders GM Adam Peters. You were both in New England in the early mm. 2000s. Uh, give us your impressions of him and how you think he's going to fare here in D.C. as the big boss. Man, you're making me feel old. I, I look at all these these uh, these GMs that are getting their jobs now, and I'm thinking, wow, was I was I that many years older than them? Adam Adam is, uh, you know, Adam when he spent time with us at in uh, in New England, you knew right away that he had a had a long long range plan to sit at that at the big spot, and he's had an opportunity to be around a lot of really talented football men. He's not one of those guys who just got the job and, and got lucky. And, and that is one of the things that's a little bit of an agitation for me in the NFL right now. Sometimes guys just kind of squeeze in here and there. I mean, he was around the, the, the Patriot paradigm during those times when we were making a big run and being around, you know, Bill Belichick and Scott Pioli, who are very well known. Of course, we all know big football men. Then he moves over to Denver and spends time with, you know, when John Elway was there and and honestly, you got a chance to see all of the good and the challenging spots of, of, of New England, as well as being there in, um, in Denver around some of the quarterback stuff. 
as good as John Elway is as a football man, seeing some of what was going on there. Then he goes and spends fantastic time with, with really good football people out in San Francisco. He's, he's a guy that's going to come in, and he has a really good eye, by the way, back to that, which is what you want from your general manager. And I think he understands the, the importance of, of really molding and communicating with that head coach and that relationship being as, as, as important as, as it is. You know, again, he's not a fly off the handle guy. He's a, he, to me, I think he's really grown into him being a really, you know, focused, aware person in football. And I've had some good conversations with him before. Understands football really well. Played football himself, of course, at a high, higher level, UCLA guy. So he's just a well-rounded individual. Comes in at the, in my mind, the perfect age after having such experiences around the league. Thomas, we're, we're loving talking to you. You don't have to say yes, but we have to pay the bills. Could we bring you back for a second segment? To we'll talk, make it, to we'll pick make your it brain shorter. a little more. <laughs> you guys can bring me back anytime. I'll, I look forward to it. And um, How about low, uh, like, hold on for no, five minutes? No, no, we mean it for the next segment. <laughs> yeah, is that okay? I got a couple more yeah, questions. As, as long, I got I to gotta get my daughter to, uh, to school, but um, you, guys, you guys can bring me back. Let me, let me work on this. Okay. We're talking to the former two-time NFL executive of the year who was the GM in Atlanta he's really with good. Dan Quinn as his head coach. He's, does he selling you on him on him a little bit more? Sure. Okay. I'm not like I'm I'm open to him being successful. So we'll talk to Thomas Dimitrov next, a little bit more here on the Junkies. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Quebec Junkies come to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV, 910 The Fan in Richmond. We're streaming live coast to coast on the Odyssey app. And Thomas Dimitrov, nice enough to rejoin us as we pick mm-hmm. his brain. He was 
Dan Quinn's former boss as the GM of the Atlanta Falcons, two-time NFL Executive of the Year. Now he's the CEO of Sumer Sports. Check him out at sumersports.com. I wanted to ask you about Belichick, uh, Thomas. How surprised are you? There were eight jobs open. Now I guess you can't count New England, but let's say seven jobs open and he doesn't get a, get a gig. What do you expect to happen for Belichick in the next year or two? You know, I have to say, like, I am floored. I I looked at that group of head coaches this year, and I was extremely excited as I was tracking it for a number of reasons. Uh, just not only the business I'm involved with right now, you know, in Sumer Sports, but also the coaches out there. I thought there were some very, very good coaches with unbelievable experience, some, a couple young ones that you guys are even potentially looking at in Washington. And my feeling was, there is never and will never be an opportunity for a group of owners and general managers to, to have an opportunity to hire a head coach like, like Bill Belichick. It's unbelievable, almost unfathomable in my mind that he did not get picked up. And it was a, kind of the way things were falling. I really do believe that. I think personally, as much, people can have whatever thoughts they have about, about him at any level um, about not talking to the media as well as the, the way that they want him to. There is not a, a coach out there in my mind in the next three to four years that can bring your organization closer to a Super Bowl than Bill Belichick. And, again, the fact that it's a once-in-a-generation move and not done is is really is tough for me to understand. Hmm. Well, I wanted to touch kind of on that. Now that, that we have gone in the Quinn direction – um, I, I assume he's, you know, Belichick's not going to take like a D D coordinator job, right? He's going to wait his, and figure out his next spot. Who can we expect some names that you're familiar with and that you would recommend he add to his staff? You had, you talk about some younger guys offensively. Everybody around here is infatuated and in love with a young guy offensively. Give us some sexy names. You're talking about coordinators. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Or any oh, position wow. really. Yeah, look, I, I wish I could get you. I'm, I'm going to have to you're, – you're, you're catching me off guard that way on the young names. I don't want to just start listing. I mean, I've been around some really good young football coaches. Well, do you know these Kubiaks? Like, do you know the young kids, the, them? I, I know some of them, yeah. I mean, obviously it's amazing. As we said earlier, you know, you start seeing some of these guys. Uh, their, their dads were around when I was right. doing what I was doing, of course. So. There, there are a lot of young ones. I, I, sorry, I can't just start listing these guys off right now for you because I feel I really don't know where some of these kids are right now. If where they are with their with their deals, as you know, that's that's heavy in the league right now. Making sure that you're you're approaching it that way. I, if you start popping some names out to me, that might be a little bit better. What about guys that he's worked with? Yeah, that, but we know he has the ability to put together an amazing staff. And just in that 2016 Falcons Chip, team, Chip, Chip Shan- somebody. Shanahan was there. Both LaFleurs were there. Mike McDaniel was yeah. there. Raheem Morris, who just got rehired by the Falcons, they were on that staff. So he can put that together. Well, and that's what, that's what I'm ultimately saying. I'm thinking about that group. They're all, they're all landing big jobs for the most part, right? You know, I'm a big fan of Mike LaFleur. I know things worked the way they did, and, and it wasn't you know, it was tough at the Jets for a bit, and then he goes and, and resurfaces. But that whole group, with what I thought Dan brought to the table back to putting together a good staff, which, which to me is probably more of an important uh, – he's a, he's a realist when he comes in to interview and talk about who he's going to have. A lot of head coaches come in, and you guys all need to understand this, they start throwing out a whole bunch of garbage on the wall, and they, they have about 
a 2% chance of landing like even a half of that group. They think that it's going to win them over in the interview and the owner is going to be, you know, flipping around thinking that's amazing. But then if you have a, a smart general manager, as you guys do, they realize the, the probability of it and it, it works against them. So I think a guy like Dan will understand who he can potentially bring in and he's going to understand how important it is that that, you know, that those coaches also work with the personnel department well and the general manager. Remember that. That is vital in this league. And that's why, in my mind, you get a first-time general manager uh, in, in Adam Peters who has a great deal of experience along the way. They want to come into their first time at the general manager spot with the right head coach that they know are going to work together on everything. This is vital. That's why, and I'm not speaking out of both sides of my mouth, you, you look at a guy like Bill Belichick, who would come in, and he deserves it. He would have full control of everything, even if there were to be a general manager in the, in the office. That's what it is. With, with Adam, he's going to come in. He's knows, he knows he's going to have a partner who is going to respect everything he believes along the way, and they're going to work together on it. It is so important. You've seen it around the league years and years. I mean, I remember all the way back to when Marty Schottenheimer and A.J. Smith were out at the San Diego Chargers, two great football men. They were at loggerheads from day one. It's not that you don't want disagreements among your head coach and your general manager. You want to be able to go into the room alone, together, and, and, and talk about the team at so many levels and come out with a, with a unified opinion. And you don't want to be, you know, siloing where your coaching staff is over here and your per- personnel and management staff is over here. That's, there's no way to make a successful team and franchise in my mind I think I think they're very smart about how they put that together, and I'm 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 getting off topic a little bit from what you guys talked about, but it is very it's vital when you start putting together both staffs that they interact very well, and I can go into that a little bit more. Suffice it to say, coaching staffs and the scouting staffs work together in these in both of these guys' worlds. I'm talking about an Adams and Matt and uh, uh, Dan Quinn's where. They, they part, you know, when they're preparing for free agency and when they're preparing for the draft, they usually section out a scout or, a, you know, a personnel man with one of the position coaches, and they work together through the offseason and really hone in on a position after the scouts are off the road in their own normal, you know, across the uh, country. It's a, it's a really good way to approach uh, building the team. Joined by Thomas Dimitrov, former two-time NFL executive of the year, was Dan Quinn's boss in Atlanta when he was GM there. Now he's the CEO of Sumer Sports. Check him out at sumersports.com. You said throw out a name. I'm going to throw one that's been rumored, apparently interviewed for the Raiders offensive coordinator job, Chip Kelly. Did you cross paths with Chip Kelly, and do you think that's a possible fit here as an OC in Washington if he chooses to leave college? Look, I think Chip is really smart as a as an offensive coordinator. I mean, of course, things didn't work, you know, work out in Philly as a head coach. But look, I think the same thing about Josh McDaniel. I mean, unfortunately, I think Josh is the closest thing out there, and I think Chip is very close. And I don't throw genius out. I don't like doing that. I think it's completely overblown. But these two men are the closest to being experts in that area more than any that I've been around. And I think Chip has a great ability to come in, come back out after being around, uh, you know, how long has he been in, uh, at UCLA right now? I'm trying to think. I want to say four seasons, about three or four years, I think, yeah. One of the things about bringing a college guy in who has a really good understanding of pro, which is what he does, is they have a really good grasp of the recruiting class, right? When Dan came in, 
Dan was around the college scene before he came back into the NFL, and we really thrived with his understanding and knowledge of the players out there through all of their recruiting. And that's a big thing, right? Beyond the talent, we're not worried about looking at the talent of these players coming out of college as much as we're, we need to know, know that we have a tap in to the personality, their character, their intelligence, their football awareness. And I think a guy like Chip not only brings the, the idea of all the really smart scheming, which is what you want to need, but also the idea that he is still tapped into the college scene, which can be helpful in putting together the football team. You know, getting to that, again, I'm not trying to catch you off guard. I'm not expecting you to have, uh, you know, exceptional opinions on some of these guys. But what about any of the young quarterbacks jump out at you? They got the number two overall pick. Uh, I'll say this. One of these guys is 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 is, is put in there like F.U. Notre Dame on his fingernails. And he's already the man and he didn't, doesn't want to be, you know, in Chicago. He might be on my FUBAR list. FUBAR list. <laughs> I do. I mean, look, I, 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 I have spent some time looking at these guys. Of course, we see a lot of the different data that's coming along. And, and look, look, I think this is a great place to be looking for a quarterback. We, you know, we know Jaden Daniels. We, we know Drake May. You're, you're talking about someone that, I mean, you don't want to mention his name. Is that where you're going? No, with you, guys, you can, of course. Caleb. Caleb Williams. Yeah. 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 Look, I mean, that's a really good group of four or five guys that I think, I think can come into a team and and really make a run on it now look quarterbacks we know that we know that the data on that i mean you there's there are a lot of there are a lot of misses along the way and again i mentioned this a little bit earlier having a having a, a head coach coming in who has an understanding of the ups and downs of the quarterback situation dan was very fortunate to come in and one of the reasons why he probably chose atlanta when matt ryan was rolling back in the day i mean now he's in a spot i mean you have a tough-ass guy at the, at, at the quarterback spot. Love what he does in a lot of ways. This gives him an opportunity to come in and know what you have and what's out there in the young young world of, of what we're alluding to with these three, four, or five guys. And I think I think it really sets up well for, for the team. Obviously, they're not going to go in the free agency market. It's not a real strong free agency market. Kirk Cousins, I mean, that was a big rumor down here in Atlanta that Kirk was going to come in here along with having a, a young guy in the draft, and then you could really develop. I don't think that's your, your approach there because obviously you already have a, a, you know, you already have a quarterback there who's, who's making his way, not, not saying he's fully established, but obviously he has done some good things along the way. So pair him with, pair the young guys with someone like that, that they can learn from, I think is vital. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in the middle of a, uh, a carpool lane, and I have all these uh, Buckhead ladies cussing. All right, we'll let you, <laughs> no, we'll let you go. Yeah, we'll let you go. Thanks let's for, go. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you very, very much. Thanks for the time. Anytime, guys. We'll talk soon. Yeah, all right. Man, you've been more than gracious with your time. Drop yeah, it off. Very nice. School. Yeah, it's awesome. Some good insight. He gave, he gave you a lot of stuff. I, we had him on for 40 minutes. He gave you a lot of good stuff. Kids in school, Buckhead. Buckhead. Kind of fancy, Big yeah. That's where Mike Bray lives. He's yeah. GM for many, many years. No, I know. I know he's, I know he's doing well. Trust me. I'm well aware. All right. We'll come back, open up the phone lines again, because we barely took any calls on your reaction to Dan Quinn being named the head coach of the Washington Commanders. You just heard from his former boss, the GM of the Atlanta Falcons, two-time NFL executive of the year, Thomas Dimitrov. So thanks to Thomas for joining us. We'll take some of your calls next. 800-636-1067. All right, experience the best lacrosse in the world this President's Day weekend as the PLL returns to the St. James in Springfield for the 2024 Championship Series. 
See every hit, every goal, every breathtaking moment as the top four teams of the regular season battle in six-on-six competition. The game is faster in every sense of the word with daily back-to-back games of intense championship series lacrosse. Fans over 21 can enjoy the Bar Down Lounge while taking in the action on the field. Secure seats now at PLLTickets.com. That's PLLTickets.com. Welcome back. Talking about the commanders hiring Dan Quinn. You just heard from his former boss. We'll open up the phone lines at 800-636-1067. A couple other things to touch on. Uh, Diana Rossini, who's now with The Athletic, formerly with ESPN, reported yesterday that the commanders actually did talk to Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. And I think her report said that there were some in the, I don't know if it's the committee, but some executives were pro-hiring Bill Belichick. Yep, he had some support in the room. There was pushback later on, I think, by the team that said, no, 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 that's not the case. Um, But that's swirling out there. And then EB wants to get into, also swirling out there, is that everybody's, the apple of everybody's eye was Ben Johnson. Mm, Love that guy. And maybe he wasn't the apple of the commander's eye. Fill us in, EB. I think he was, potentially. I think they were very interested. Um, But... There's an interview here we did where Mike Garofalo was on the Puck and Jim show, and you you listened for yourself. Stevens lose because so he could talk to McDonald, but also the lines lose so he could talk to Johnson. Piers, those were his two guys. What happened with Johnson? He was such a hot name. What happened in that process? Do you think? <clears throat> uh, I don't think he interviewed particularly well. Um, and I, I listen. I've I've heard some rumblings before. <laughs> All right, let's back up. So Johnson withdrew, and he withdrew as Washington was flying to go see him, which did not go over well at all uh, with the Washington uh, organization at all. Um, but I believe he withdrew from two coaching circuit, coaching searches that he wouldn't have gotten the job anyway. So um, that's the old, you're not fired, and, you know, I quit. Or I'm not fired, I quit. One of those deals. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he – really bold people over in the interview process at all. Um, and I've heard that his personality is, you know, he's very smart, very bright, great play caller. Uh, but I've heard that his personality is kind of, um, I don't know, not the most gregarious guy, not, not a Mike McDonald type guy or even a Dan Quinn type guy. Uh, so I think that came across in the interview process. I, 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 my belief, my belief is that he came into this, Adam Peters had Ben Johnson uh, as his guy. And Adam Peters was not the only one making the decision there in Washington, which is not to say that he's undermined, uh, but Rick Spielman was involved, Josh Harris, obviously the owner of the organization, Bob Myers involved as well. So it was four people who came to a collective decision, and it was not going to be Ben Johnson. Look at that. Again, he says, mm-hmm. he, his quote was, I don't think he interviewed well. He doesn't know that. He, Somebody that's his, probably that's told him his that. thought. Just thought probably well, somebody told him that it, doesn't he, mean it's correct. Yeah, if he knows it, he should say, I know he didn't interview well. Okay. Right? I'm just like saying. I'm, I'm, oh, so you're defending yeah. Ben Johnson well, here. I'm a little, I, just, I don't know how much I believe it. I believe it. And here's why. And I said this from the start. If they wanted a guy, whoever it was, they weren't going to let money get in the way. Like, they would have figured it out. Mm. They could, And Ben Johnson could be bought. Detroit ain't that great. And winning a Super Bowl as an assistant's way different than winning a Super Bowl as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were going to go back to what they said during Peter's presser where it was about leadership. Of course. 
That's a big part of it. And so, I mean, it's a big part of it too. I can see him being just like a, a I can see him being like just an offensive whiz kid nerd that just likes to go into the room, scheme up offense, and isn't big on doing the media, being the face of the organization. That's not so his I, thing. He's not. Yeah, he might then, not be but, a big leader of men. Right. Whatever it is, we can we can extrapolate and guess. But <clears> I believe that that I'm telling you. I believe they that were, So, but the narrative, and this is what irritates me. The narrative is. They whiffed on their guy, and he, and then they whiffed on this guy, and so they here they got their ninth choice in Dan Quinn. I'm telling you that Ben Johnson might have been their target. I actually respect it even more. Ben Johnson, this is what I asked for all along. Go to my tweet from four or five days ago. I actually hope they interview Ben Johnson and pick someone else, like because they, I want them to show that they went through a real interview process. And to me, it sounds like they did. You would always yeah. want that. Uh, by the way, it's not to say that Ben Johnson, let's say he gets a gig, he may have those personality traits. Mm-hmm. Now you're not believing that. You may be successful. You don't have to Correct. have a certain personality. But that's not what trait. we were looking for. Right. But Peters and Josh Harris may have been looking for more of a Dan Quinn type right. than kind of an X's nose mm-hmm. nerdy guy. Yeah. It can work out. Look, it's working out in Miami with Mike right, McDaniel. Like if you're a nerdy yeah, that's, guy, you can, that's you a good can, point. You can have a lieutenant who becomes the rah-rah for guy sure, it can while work you for do you. your thing. Like, yeah. It can work for him. There's I'm not saying he'll never be a great head coach. But that's not the quality they were looking for here. And if Garoppolo is correct and Adam Peters was really high on Ben Johnson before they actually met. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you don't really know his personality until you sit in a you room with him for with a few him. hours. Right. And if you want to choose a guy who's kind of like that nerdy offensive guy who likes to go into the room mm-hmm. and draw up plays, but the head coach has to deal with so He's many do things. do more than that. Sure. Do you, if you don't believe that your guy can go in and command a room with all those guys and all mm-hmm. those coaches and deal with the executives and, and fans and media – then yeah, it's not a good choice. He Dan like Quinn, a, Dan Quinn obviously right. can. Sounds like a wishy-washy wuss. Maybe. There are lots of different types <laughs> of coaches to be successful. Look, Andy Reid is different than Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is different than Dan Quinn. Yeah, they're different personalities. Yeah. And let, right. the next for, big for thing, really, the next thing we need to focus on, and it's probably two guys. Maybe you want to throw in Caleb Williams as the third guy. By the way, I read some stuff about his nails like I did kind of a deep dive apparently his mom you could say it's weird has been doing his nails since he was 14 and some of the messages Poobar. he's had a couple of messages like any of it. that have been negative but some of them have been very positive like he painted the suicide and crisis lifeline onto his nails so I just think you're probably making a mountain out of a molehill on the stupid I'm old school. Uh, nails no no I'm old school I don't really you know, I'm not into that. It's one thing to to I'm paint, not into painting your nails. To paint, uh, you know, let's cure cancer. You know, but when you paint F Utah, I know you don't do that. All right, that that makes you look bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 look, I'm not saying. Look, there are definitely some things that are concerning. I wouldn't necessarily put them on a foobar list for me. He's or on the nails. Getting back to the coaches um, for a second. But but yeah. the next big thing is is the quarterback. Obviously. Like they've got the coach. So I think all of us, also and OC. I think everybody well, will have big. to give yeah. Quinn. A shot here for a couple of seasons, and we'll see how it goes. I think that they are set up for success if Adam Peters picks the right players. And I think Dan Quinn obviously has proven he can be a competent coach. He took a team to the Super Bowl. What were you going to say? You were going to say something? Oh, oh I was going to oh. say, like, Gannon. Is it Jonathan Gannon, mm-hmm. the head coach of the Cardinals? Mm-hmm. Like, one of the first clips I saw of him trying to command a room, yeah. he looked like the biggest dork on the planet. <laughs> Couldn't like, do it. <laughs> it was Cricketville. Oh, but, yeah. But that team, like, 
they played hard for him. Like, you could tell that team was going out there and trying to win games, even though people were saying, well, they're tanking. They don't have any motivation to win. They're they're tanking for Caleb. Like, these guys that aren't that great with the media or great in front of their players, maybe they grow into that as they, you know, assimilate to the gig. What? Even if it's not coming natural to them. Yeah. And also, you know? sometimes Look, every, the players every... are just going to respect them because they are brilliant X's right. and O's guys. They, Definitely. It, 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 it doesn't matter the personality if the guy is going to help them succeed. Yeah, all the players want to succeed. Every they personality all want to win. is different. All thirty-two coaches—they're all different mm-hmm. personalities. Some work, some don't. It's just like you said when you go into a room and you are looking for a certain personality, and he's completely opposite. Okay, that's not your guy. It doesn't mean Ben Johnson wouldn't have been a good head coach. We don't know. He could go somewhere in three, four years and be a great head coach. But for Adam Peters and Josh Harris and all those and Magic, he wasn't the guy. Dan Quinn. You know, he struck he, he he struck them because he has that type of personality that says I can come in command a room, and I think command I think a room. Can. I got. I see what you're doing. I there. think he can. <laughs> Coming up next, it is Fridays with Feinstein here on the Fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV, 910 The Fan in Richmond. We're streaming live on the Odyssey app, wherever you may be. You can also watch us on the Monumental Sports Network, presented by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and cooling company of the Junks, looking to be their next five-star HVAC technician or plumber. Just visit CropMetcalf.com to join their team. It's Fish Cakes, EB, and JP reacting to the commanders hiring Dan Quinn. We'll talk to John Feinstein shortly. Actually, he is on the line right now. Hey, John. John's brought to you by Golfdom. They have new products ready to go for golf in the spring. Come get fit for new clubs from Callaway, TaylorMade, Titleist, Ping, and more. Visit Golfdom in Tyson's, Annapolis, or Rockville. Golfdom, live the game. Hey, Hey, John. John. Morning, everybody. How are you? Hey, John. I'm sure you know this. I just found this out this morning, but your boy Billy Joel um, recorded his first song. In 17 years, it's called Turn the Lights Back On. He's going to perform it at the Grammys on wow. Sunday. Did you know that? I did not know that. Oh, yeah, I so. appreciate you telling me. I will be sure to <laughs> uh, tape the Grammys because they're on after my bedtime. <laughs> right, right. So that's his first song in 17 years. I didn't know that he, uh, he took that time off. I didn't know that off. either. Yeah. I didn't realize it had been that long. What's well, that, 2006? Wow. Yeah. So there you go. There's a little Billy Joel nugget for you. So what well, do you- Billy Joel nuggets. You guys know that. <laughs> yep, I know. <laughs> So what do you uh, what do you make of the hire, Dan Quinn? Oh, was there a hire yesterday? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know, yeah, we know you wanted a thing. We know you wanted a enemy, but I did. That's or Mike Tomlin, long shot. Yep. Um, 
look, I, I, this is a very in-the-box hire. Let, let's be honest. I mean, Quinn's been a head coach with mixed success. He did get to a Super Bowl with the Falcons when he had uh, Matt Ryan as his quarterback. Uh, and they blew that big lead in the Super Bowl. We all know that. Um, I, I think he's uh, – my answer would be he's fine. You know, when, 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 you, when someone says to you, how's dinner, and it's okay, you say it's fine. Uh, I would have liked the enemy. I still think that would have been an out-of-the-box hire. Uh, and, you know, give, give the guy who, a chance who's deserved a chance for a long time. Uh, I think they were caught off guard uh, by the fact that what's-his-name with the Lions decided to wait another year. Um, he was the hot coordinator. Ben Johnson. Uh, ben Johnson. Thank you. I can never remember the guy's name. And it's a very simple name. That's yeah, a very common Probably name. Probably why. I think yeah. Canadian Sprinter. Uh, that, that I was there in 88 hmm. um, when he destroyed Carl Lewis, and I thought it was one of the greatest things I ever saw in person, and then it turned out to be a fraud. About 24 hours later, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 24-48. But yeah. I remember talking to Carl Lewis two years earlier at the Goodwill Games, which I call the Ill Will Games, and uh, Johnson had dusted him. And he said, the, the, the guy's on steroids. I mean, look at his body. I mean, he's cheating. <laughs> right. And I remember I wrote that he was that Carl Lewis was being a whiner because right. he didn't like uh, getting beat, and it turned out he was right. He was right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 100% right. Um, but anyway, so it, I, I, we all thought it was going to be Ben Johnson, didn't we, last week? And, I think so. And uh, for whatever reason, he decided uh, not to go, to stay with the Lions for another year. And so then all of a sudden, their uh, choices were, were narrowed down. Um, I, I, there are other guys they could have gone after, but Quinn is a safe pick. He won't be a bad coach. We know that. How good a coach he'll be, we don't know. Um, and if, if, if I was a, a fan of the team, I wouldn't be jumping, jumping up and down saying, yo, look, the, look what the new era has produced. Can you give us a little insight into how it works between a GM and a head coach? We just actually had uh, Dan Quinn's former boss, Thomas Dimitrov, on, and he said when he was with the Falcons, Dan Quinn actually had final say on all personnel, which was rare to give a head coach on all that. When you wrote your book about the Ravens, what was it like? Like, how did that operation work? Well, the Ozzie Newsom Brian Billick relationship was different. I mean, Ozzie had the final say on personnel, and and then once the personnel was turned over to Billick, he had the final say, and for, you know, he decided who made the team. He decided who the starting quarterback was, and uh, but Ozzie put the team together, and it cha- it, it's different with every organization. Obviously, Belichick was in charge. Uh, in, in New England, and Ron Rivera was in charge here mm-hmm. uh, for the last four years. Uh, more and more in the last, I'd say, 20 years, you've seen coaches uh, with final say, and the GM is there to uh, do, you know, do things like say, okay, we're going to send our scouts here, here, and there. Uh, we've narrowed down uh, our, our first-round pick to here, here, and here. And then, in the end, the coach would make the final decision. Um, I don't think that's a good way to do it. Uh, I, I, I think um, Josh Harris made a very good point, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, that both jobs, coach and general manager, are 80-hour-a-week jobs, especially during the season. And you can't ask one person to do 160 hours a week, uh, whomever it is. And so I think a, a system here where Adam Peters will be the GM and Dan Quinn will be the coach, 
would be an improvement. Uh, now, I've been a little disappointed. Am I wrong? I read something in the paper the other day that Adam Peters hadn't spoken to the media since his press conference. Hmm. That's I, don't think that's I don't think he has. Not yeah, to my knowledge. I think that's a good sign. I think especially when you're a new regime, um, you need to establish relationships with the media. I know print media isn't as important as it used to be. I get all that. But still, you need to. Even in the and, middle of the search? Like he hadn't even done anything yet. Uh, right. Well, what, what, but why not? I mean, if, if a reporter, it was in the Post, mm-hmm. makes the point that he hasn't talked to the media, that would indicate that people have been trying to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And he, he doesn't have to say, yeah, this is who's on my list, this is who I've eliminated, but it would be good for him um, to appear, at least, uh, to, to be, um, you know, uh, available. Uh, yeah, you can call me. I mean, a, a lot. There's a guy. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. There's a guy, and my next door neighbors. There's this huge tree, uh-huh. and he's climbing to the very top of the tree. Oh, he's he's gonna trim it or whatever. Yeah, those <laughs> I, guys are I don't scary. Know what he's doing. He's hey, I might climbing. need his number. I, wanna, uh, I get that guy's number. I got a big tree. I need. These guys have done it in my backyard. It's terrifying. <laughs> he's way at the top of yeah. the tree. Oh yeah, yeah. What do they call that? The Pruning the tree or whatever they call no, that. Might be more. How high is the tree? How big is the tree? Really, really big. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like at least, I'm looking, 30 feet more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's big. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Um, I just, I, I, I would hope Adam Peters, as time goes by, now that he's got a coach, you make that point, uh, will be uh, more transparent uh, to people and more available to people. And I would hope the same would be true of Dan Quinn. We'll didn't, see. It, did, didn't Snyder come over, though, and try to buy you guys all pizza or whatever and woo you guys at the post? Then that didn't really work out. <laughs> Well, because he was Snyder. I mean, he actually <laughs> called me after I criticized him on a couple of things early and wanted me to come to his office and, and eat lunch with him. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll, Dan, I'll take you out to lunch. You pick the restaurant. No, no, no. You have to come here. Um, so we never did get it done. Um, you know, I wanted to meet on neutral ground. But, uh, yeah, he, he tried a little bit early mm-hmm. and then just said, ah, screw everybody, um, including all his fans. But uh, I, that, that's, that's not a big deal. We will see what kind of coach Quinn will be. We already know to some degree what kind of coach he will be. Uh, he's clearly, based on what I read in the paper this morning, not going to hire Eric Bieniemy, uh to be the offensive coordinator. So we'll see who he hires because that's an important job since they, apparently they're going to have a rookie quarterback. John, you touched on Bill Belichick for a second there. What's your best guess on his move now that he's been left out of this coaching cycle in 2024? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish I had a good guess. Uh, it's a very good question. I, I think that uh, he, um, he'll probably sit this year out. I mean, since he doesn't have a job, he's not going to take a job as a coordinator anywhere. Uh, and then see how he feels at the end of next season in terms of his health, because he'll be going on 73 by then, and see if somebody comes to him and offers him the kind of deal that he wants. My guess is that even though he had said – that he was willing to relinquish some power if he stayed in New England, that when he interviewed, he made it clear he wanted all the power. And that's just, you know, as we just discussed a minute ago, that's not the trend in the NFL now. It's going the other way. And so he, he could retire. I mean, he, I mean, gosh, people retiring at 73 is hardly unusual, uh, 72. Um, and uh, he's got a pretty good career resume. I would say if he never coaches another game, uh, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, I think good, so. That's a good bet. And he's got plenty of money. Mm-hmm. It's a good bet. Um, yeah. I so don't what, see him doing television. I don't think he's cut out for that. Yeah. We'll see. You know? So just in terms, getting back to Quinn, 
Um, and I'm pro Dan Quinn. I mean, I, I understand why fans aren't really excited because they want the young offensive wizard. Right. And they don't right. want the, the has-been, you know, the guy who was in another uh, city and, and didn't do great. But Right. I, it should be pointed out, and you know this, Jason, there yeah. have been other coaches who failed in their first job and did well in their second. Correct. Pete Belichick Carroll's one. Yeah. Belichick being one of them, yeah. Uh, and, but the way I look at it, John, is, you know, Dan Quinn is one of 65 uh, NFL head coaches ever in the history of the league, and we're on Super Bowl 58. So it was, you know, 60 years that has taken a team to a Super Bowl. And there's yep. been hundreds of coaches. So I think, okay, you can look at the overall record, and he was fired in year six, um, and overall record's about 500. But if you look at it on the positive side, he did something right. He put a great staff together in Atlanta and went to a Super Bowl. Now, they blew a lead, but you can put that on a lot of different things, factors. But I think the positive is, you know, maybe he learned a lot in that first stint, you know? Well, he, I would assume he did. But here, here would be my uh, concern um, if I'm not looking at it, uh, you know, through the rose-colored glasses. Uh, after they lost that Super Bowl, they never recovered. And 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 you 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 know, think about it. If Belichick has lost Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Why do we keep coming back to Belichick? I don't know. But but he, he, what would have proved Dan Quinn to me? Beyond getting to the Super Bowl, and you're right, Jason, that certainly is is proof of something, something good. Um, would be if the if the Falcons had come back and and been in the playoffs or gotten back to the Super Bowl the next year or the year after, but they didn't. They 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 faded. They 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 never recovered from that bullet wound. And uh, part of being a great coach is recovering from bullet wounds because everybody gets them. Well, they went to the they went to the playoffs the year after they blew the Super Bowl. Okay. So two years well, after that is when they started to, when they to started decline. To fall apart. Yeah. Right. And I look at it, it says, and I didn't watch every Falcon game back then, but Matt Ryan was clearly, you know, past his prime at that point. Um, and, he was the MVP when they went to Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, in the, the three years after that, he was clearly probably declining. So there could be a lot of reasons. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and, again, we can sit here and spec- speculate about Dan Quinn from now until September whenever they play their opener. And we're not going to really know anything until they start to play. Mm-hmm. You're almost not going to know anything for two off, years. Joe Gibbs started off 0 and 5. Yeah, you know. So, uh, and but but we live we live in an era. Yeah, the guy's trimming the tree. We live in an era uh, where uh, we make this you know, snap decisions on people. You know, yeah. guys co- coaches one game well, one game badly, whatever. Or, uh, you know, uh, everybody is in love with with with, uh, with love right now because of the way he played for the Packers, and he was terrific. And remember, I remember, and I'm sure you guys do too, uh, seeing stats on the internet uh, the first half of this season, comparing uh, um, uh, what's his name's numbers, Washington's quarterback. Why do I block Sam Howell? Sam Howell's yeah. quarter, uh, numbers to, you know, like some of the great quarterbacks of all time because his numbers were good the first half of the season. And then, then you find out, well, maybe we were a little premature with that. Yeah. Hmm. Or Biennemi ruined him. Or also they were trailing uh, yeah, a lot yeah, of games. Biennemi, <laughs> who was Patrick Holmes' offensive coordinator, all of a sudden forgot how to be a, an offensive coordinator. Well, I don't know why he dropped him back 50 times. He, he led, was struggling so much. Yeah, I don't know. It was. Huh. I don't know. Do you think Biennemi will get a job somewhere else? Good question. Yes, would be yeah. my my final answer. I think there. I don't know how many coordinator jobs there are open right now, but I would think yes. Why not? I, this is my thing, John. How about go work with Dion in Colorado? Hmm. It's his alma mater. Be the offensive coordinator there. It makes a 
perfect sense I wonder what me. kind of relationship they have. I yeah, know. I don't know their relationship, but they did both go to Colorado, although at different times. Um, I think. No, no, Dion didn't go there. Dion was Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, Dion went to Florida State. That's yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I should remember that because I asked him one time what he majored in at Florida State. He said, getting out of here and making a lot of money. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great answer. Well, he did that. Yeah, it's a great answer. <laughs> hey, any thoughts uh, real quick? honest answer. Yeah. Yep. Any re- thoughts real quick? It looks like Anthony Kim has signed his deal with Liv. He's going to make his debut March 1st. Yeah. He's 38 years old. We haven't seen him in 12 years. He, you know, it's yeah. hard to expect him to do anything. Been out of competition for so long. And then your thoughts on the the three billion dollars from the SSG that the PGA yeah, Tour got? That that's the bigger story, um, and it it should save uh, Jay Monahan's job at least for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have to deal with 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 the PIF with the whole uh, mm-hmm. Saudi thing, and that's not going away clearly since they're still recruiting players. Uh, and they're playing this week in Mex- Mexico City. Do you know they're playing a tournament in Vegas the week of the Super Bowl? Oh, Which I, I think is a very smart move. you got all these people who are in Vegas for the week. They can't spend 24 hours a day gambling, although I guess some of them can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why not hold a golf tournament right there with a lot of big names? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's very smart. Not a bad idea. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, the, the deal with the tour – Buys Monahan some time and obviously buys everybody involved in golf some money. I mean, the money in golf is, is so out of hand, it's unbelievable. But, you know, it's what the market will bear. John, we'll see you in a few hours at the Bethesda Theater, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll see if you. I'm late, start without me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Deal. Bethesda we'll Theater sure night. To do that. Good Second right, time guys. I'm formally inviting <laughs> you. you to join yes, us. Yes, you did. And I formally thought about it, but I'm going <laughs> to Richmond today because I'm doing a story on Joe Bamisil, the kid at VCU. And uh, I, I wouldn't be back in time. All right. Oh, all right. And I got I gotta I gotta make sure I keep the post happy. Yeah, right. yep, yep, right. yep, sure. down there. Uh, it's John Feinstein Same brought to you by Golfdom. They have new products ready to go for golf in the spring. Come get fit. New clubs, Callaway, Taylor Bay, Titleist, Ping, and more. They have them all. Visit Golfdom in Tysons, Annapolis, and their newest location in Rockville. Golfdom, live the game. All right, coming up next, we will finally get to the phone calls. Your reaction to the Dan Quinn hire. You like it? Do you not like it? Why? 800-636-1067. Welcome back to the show. Junk's on 106.7 The Fan, Team 980. 800-636-1067. The MGM National Harbor listener lines. We will get to your calls. The reaction to the hiring of Dan Quinn as the next head coach of the Washington Commanders. We're going to go right to the calls and rip through them. I just put up the Junkies poll of the day. Sponsored by our friends at Van Meter Homes. It's slightly different. All right, do you like the hire? The majority don't like it. They wanted Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald. But this one, the question is, do you think he'll be successful? Well, but Here's the trap. But it's what I you thought define previous success. coaches will be successful. I know it's nebulous. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I thought Shanny was going to be successful. I liked them all. I liked Spurrier. I was kind of. Wishy-washy on, on Ron Rivera. I thought um, I thought Ron would would bring respect, and I thought he was the right hire at the right time. He just didn't win enough. Yeah. So my definition of successful would be win more games than you lose. Yeah. And then get to the playoffs. I think fifty percent of the time would be good, and establish a winner that you could say at the beginning of the season they could contend for a Super Bowl. I think this is the way to I, win a Super Bowl. I, define- I think that that's. It's really impossible. high. I mean, obviously, that is the goal. This is how I define success as a head coach. 
you sign a you sign a, you a second contract. That's a great barometer of it. Absolutely. If so you, was if you live out, successful. Well, that was a I, I would that say was a no. weird. That was like almost no, a borderline I, like sham. I'm not saying like I'm not saying that you're you you're automatically a success if you sign that second contract, but I think that's the barometer. I think that's the starting point. That's fair. I, I, I right now in this moment, I do think he's going to be successful because I think they've got a good GM yep. who hopefully will land the right quarterback. I think he's got as good a shot as anybody. Yeah, and I think Ron Rivera was set up for success, and they botched it with the Chase Young pick. Just didn't work out. I, mean, I think be honest, well, also, we, he had him, several boxes along the way. Him having personnel control didn't work out. We, sure. He might not have been set up for success. As a collective unit, we could really use Dan Quinn to be successful. Because if he's not, that's going to mean we're into year basically 30. <laughs> 30 <laughs> yeah. of doing this show with the Commanders, football team, Redskins, whatever you want to call do them. Do theory. Being do just theory. a... Uh, a miserable flop. Dude. Hey, Detroit got over the hump. Do theory cakes. Yeah. Detroit made it to the NFC I, Championship. I, I, so. I would love for that to happen. It'd let's be fantastic. Hope Quinn can do it. All right, let's go to the phones. Who's up? All right, let's go to Scott in Falls Church. Hey, Scott, you're on with the Junkies. Well, I think it's uh, it's a good hire. Uh, I think they're, you have the smartest people in the room. We're not the smartest people in the room. And if they made the overall decision that Dan Quinn was the hire that they wanted, then I think it's a good hire. I also want to see who Dan Quinn kind of brings in as his ancillary staff. Um, he had great ancillary staff uh, to start in Atlanta. Um, and I think that would be the telltale sign of how successful he's going to be. Yep. Thanks, good. guys. Have it's a great definitely day. part right, of the thank equation. You. Thank Look, you. there are a lot of factors. There are. From the coaches he hires to the players to his relationship with the GM. It's the, t- the number one biggest thing now, it's the quarterback. Is it going to be Drake May? Is it going to be Jaden Daniels? And maybe be Caleb Williams? And are they going to be legit? I'm out on painted nails. Let's go to PJ. PJ, what's up? Hey, guys. Happy Friday. So I'm actually pretty I'm pretty happy about the Dan Quinn hire. I mean, I'm like a lot of you where, you know, I wanted McDonald or Ben Johnson. But, you know, Ben Johnson was more of what we wanted him to be, not what the substance of what he actually was. McDonald, I think what attracted him to Seattle was all those shiny toys on defense, the defensive coordinator. Seattle's got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball that uh, a lot of people kind of are sleeping on. Now, uh, with Dan Quinn, uh, Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive uh, – he's a great coach, offensive coordinator, maybe the best play card in the NFL. Uh, but I'm kind of going the opposite regard where people looking at Dan Quinn as going to lead the Super Bowl. Um, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, had he just ran a bunch of running plays in the fourth quarter, even if they got one yard, just by milking the clock, they would have won that game. So Kyle Shanahan's hubris kind of uh, really was the reason, in my opinion, more than anything. Also, I I, I kind of hate that argument. Yes, that's a big part of it. Because the other part of the argument, I'd say, if Dan Quinn's defense got one more stop, they win the Super Bowl. You're right about that. But the thing is, it's um, you still have to kind of like make the play to make the stop. Whereas if you're simply running the ball, even if you're getting like negative three yards just by milking the clock, uh, the the part that you have control over when when you snap the ball right and the play happens. There's 22 guys running around. You don't have that much control. But the thing you could have controlled is just by milking that clock. Uh, Shall I hand him? Once again, I'm not dissing him. Oh, they definitely blew that. that game. I remember Jason saying, Thanks, and we mentioned this like a yeah. week or two ago when we started talking about Dan Quinn, as we're walking to in, in the casino, yep. saying, Tom Brady's Brady, not going to win another he's ring. He's not the GOAT. I mean, <laughs> Montana's still the GOAT. I remember leaving. I think we were at Tap Sports Bar. Yes. I remember just yes. like peeling out like when it was 28-3. I was like, I'm going to go see flops. This game's officially over. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting watching it on the TV in the poker room, and I just keep coming back and coming back. The Patriots surge. And I was like, 
is this really happening? This is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way that Dan Quinn, he's not haunted by that. Like, I don't know about every day of his life, but I mean, that it has to be in the sure, back of his But most brain. people put it on Kyle Shanahan. And yes, Kyle Shanahan deserves some of the blame for that. But Dan Quinn was the head coach. Yeah. So he could have said, run the ball, if you sure. want to just talk about offense. And Dan Quinn was running the defense that couldn't stop the Patriots. Right. Yep. All right, let's go to... I might have had to pull the play calling from Kyle once I saw the thing spiraling. <laughs> just you give me your headset. You go over here. You take a seat. I'm going to close this thing out. <laughs> let's go to Caleb in Chevy Chase. What's up, Caleb? This is Caleb Williams. Hey, What's up, I Caleb? Yeah, I'm a bit older. I'm like twice his age. Um, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna um, sprinkle even more doubt in. I, I'm, a, I'm born and raised in Philadelphia. I'm still an Eagles fan, but I've lived in the area here for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And you guys remember when Josh Harris bought the team and you had Howard Eskin on the radio and you said, yes. what's Josh like as, a, as an owner? And Howard, and by the way, I can't stand Howard Eskin, but he may be onto something here. He goes, he's cheap. And you guys said, well, what do you mean by that? Well, the first thing he did when he bought the Sixers and they were losing and they were going through the process was raise ticket prices. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't he just do that here in Washington? Point number one. Yep. Point number two. I don't Not unusual, though, I would say in his defense. I mean, ticket prices in sports go up all the time, even if the teams suck. However, is uh, at bottom, how good of friends Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell are, everyone's got their price. Isn't this really fundamentally a question about not hitting Ben Johnson's number? There's a big possibility. I think that's that a that combo. Uh, but I think if he blew, if he knocked their socks off, they would have hit his number. I think it's such an important well, hire. Your first well, head coach unless, hire. Unless you're right. Unless Josh Harris doesn't want to spend the money. That's what I'm getting. at. I know. Yeah. I just don't, I reject that. It's definitely possible. He might not want to spend have, money on a door. He might not but, have. He might not want to spend the money that Ben Johnson was asking for a guy who's never been a head coach before. Right. Or also, he, uh, he may not have wanted to spend the money. I doubt who wants to spend money. Or he also may have been underwhelmed by this guy. That's true. That is that true. That he has the resume, but he did not. He didn't blow he, him away he didn't in the interview. Blow him away. So yeah. why am I going to go the extra mile? I don't really want to. Both very possible. Right. And, well, and we're and actually we'll never, never going to know. Yeah. We might. Eventually stuff leaks I mean, out. And it might have been both. I think it, underwhelmed didn't want to give him that much money. I think it's a con- if you're underwhelmed, yeah. you're not going to give the guy all the money. Yeah. Let's go to Dennis in uh. Reston. Dennis, what's up? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, Dennis. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm real happy about the hire. Um, but th- there was one point I wanted to bring up and let you guys know about, and I haven't heard anybody since 6 a.m. even bring this up. I've been listening to you guys since you started this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard about the hire yesterday at 12, about 12 o'clock our time here mm-hmm. here in Virginia. Um. From what I understand, the hire took place, I don't know, sometime around the 10 a.m. time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess that really doesn't mean anything. But, but what I did as soon as I heard that we hired him, I went to I, – I turned on YouTube, okay, and, and I started not really zeroing in on – like YouTuber guys from like this area, I started zeroing in on the Dallas YouTube people mm-hmm. on their reaction. And all I'm going to say is, is that, is that the people down in Dallas are not really, really, they're not real happy about this at all. They're going to really miss him. And second of all, regarding Dallas, they also brought up the point that McCarthy's got one year left on his contract and anybody who's an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator right now, they're not, they may not be real interested in going to Dallas. 
going into next year Mm -hmm. because they're going to be uncertain of their job status. I am happy about the Dan Quinn hire. I think that he's going to do real good. He cannot be any worse than what we've been having. Mm -hmm. And that's with everything we can build. I think we're going to, you know, in the next couple of years, be a, a you know a better football team. Look at Dennis being positive. Dennis told on himself that, age-wise when he said, "I turned on YouTube." That just sounds yeah. old. All right, to me. so Dennis is positive. We're taking a lot of pause calls. Go yeah. to Aaron. I just want to hear. Aaron. Oh, he's the other side. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the, yeah. Let's hear what Aaron from Suitland has to say. Aaron, what's up? Man, this stinks, man. <laughs> Why? I mean, because of the last 25 to 30 years, I know nothing or not much about Dan Quinn at all, but it's just the way that they did this. We had five teams that needed a head coach, right? So we picked what was left. It's, it's, it's very bad timing. You know, it just stinks. I can't wait. I cannot wait until he gets in. I hope that he does well. But you guys, I, I, I don't understand you guys. You know, I, I don't want to get off on a tangent and everything, which I'm already at. Um, I don't understand why, you know, you guys give this guy the opportunity to come in. And the, the caller before me, he just said that, you know, he's better than what we had, than, you know, the previous years. Yeah. Well, back to the to, – to the, um, the Howell thing, isn't Howell better than what we had the previous years? Hey, EB, let me just say this to you, my brother. I can't wait till they pick a quarterback, the, the number two pick, and watch Howell beat him out. Watch what I tell <laughs> That's you. not going to happen. Now, he, Howell may that. play if the if the rookie isn't ready, but he's – I mean, he's not the long-term plan. We so, know so, that's so let me the just case. Say this guy, let, me, let me just throw this in. Why don't we just try to retain Brissett and let Howell and Brissett go at it? Why don't because we do that? We just did that. They're not because sold they're not, on either one. What are you talking about? They're not what, sold on well, either I'll one. Howell beat them out. Then that means how beat Brissett out then, right? Well, I don't know that Brissett well, got a fair they, shot, You just to want to honest. spin your wheels with uh, Brissett Aaron, I don't think you. I don't think you truly want Sam Howell to be the, the quarterback <laughs> next year. Yes, 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 I do. Why? I can't, base it, I can't base it off of one year. You guys said the offensive coordinator stinks. So I can't base I did it off actually of one think year. he stinks. Is, is, it, is it not because he can't make the throws? Is it not because he has heart? Is it not because he can't play? No, we it's just, because it's he because the league in interceptions. He led the league in sacks. He led the league in pick sixes. Well, it's too many negative plays. He played 16 games in the summer last year. You guys Listen, I don't rule out the chip. Listen, I, I, the offensive I, line. Thank you. Oh, thank guys. you, Aaron. All right, thank you. I don't rule out the possibility right, we're gonna agree that he could play well that, at but. some point. Lot, plenty of guys have had bad first years. But it but this this town needs a fresh start. They need a big swing. They need a cleansing. They need a big swing. I'm I'm willing to live so. with the possibility that Sam Howell leaves Washington and succeeds elsewhere. If that happens, great. But it's not going to happen here. Not, not right under now. This okay, regime. Not right Why now. don't you give your quarterback snob uh synopsis? Every team passed on him multiple times, and he's picked in the fifth round. There's a reason. Is there a possibility? There's a reason he fell to where he fell. Let me fell. ask you this. Is there a possibility Sam Howe stays with the team? Or they draft a quarterback at two, but and Howe is kind of the grooming guy. He's, 100%. Maybe he's got a four or five game yeah. leash. I and actually then, think it's And then the rookie ideal. comes in in week six. I think starting rookies week one is I do, largely I, stupid. I agree. I agree. It's the hardest job in the world. I think he's got to learn from a guy who – I, I say a veteran. Now, Hal's not a that. veteran. But I could see Hal being the guy for the first month. Yeah. And and to JP's point about leading the league interceptions and all that stuff, you go. we've had the argument a billion times. The Peyton Mannings and the Troy Aikmans and all these guys who had higher pedigrees, but who went out there and That's bombed the out. 
That's the difference. That's just a bias. It doesn't it mean is. that they're it better. Looked, it's Brock just a Purdy bias. Brock Purdy is the last pick in the draft. Is in the Super Bowl. Right. But, exactly. But it's not just a bias. But that's an anomaly. It's, ex- Everybody it's exactly. Knows it. Everybody knows it's statistically Brock proven is an anomaly. that number one picks have more success. Whether it's four thousand yard right. seasons, but I don't think that when seasons. Sam was cruising and playing very, very well, that that was just a fluke. I think it showed. No, he uh, might be able showed, to have a run. It, it showed his ability level. Okay. In other words, when you're well, recruited, not, a lot of times they just want to know: Can you do it? He showed he can do it. Sure, he can. Now do it. he has to do it consistently. I think, but he's not going to do it here. I think they need a big swing. I get it. By and large, every quarterback league can do it. Case Keenum won I mean, playoff Jake, games. Jake Brownie went out there is, and looked is, like a starter. You yeah. think Case but Keenum should be a starter over the long haul? That's the I, question. Right now, he can't. Right now, Sam right. can't. And that's why they are moving in a different direction. And I don't disagree. All right, and you know what? Whoever next. they drafted too, maybe they can't either. We're, we're getting just off. don't draft the guy with the paint who paints his fingernails. We're getting off the main topic. The main topic is Dan Quinn. Yeah, it's take some more calls. Do you think he will be successful? What is the ceiling? What is your bar? Do you like the hire? More of your calls next here on the Junkies. Early voting on the poll. Do you think Dan Quinn will be successful? What do you think it is? Have you guys checked? I've no. not. I'm going to guess 38% successful. Exact opposite, Cakes. Really? 68% say he hmm. will be successful. Kinda so people optimistic. That. Maybe they didn't like the hire. It's not a sexy hire. Um, Vinny tweets us, and I agree with this. This is my stance. It wasn't sexy, but I think he'll do well. I agree with that. Now, somebody else countered, <clears throat> and this is definitely possible, and said a lot of co- coaches um, are just coordinators, and they have success as coordinators, and they don't have success as head coaches. Mm-hmm. I don't think... We can determine this just yet. We don't like know. if he fails here, then you'd say, "Yeah, you know what? He's just one of those guys who just should be a coordinator." Right? We could say the same thing about Ben Johnson, like like Josh McDaniels. He's the perfect guy that North. should never be a head coach, but really good as a coordinator. Norv succeeded as an OC in many places. Yep. Mediocre head coach, definitely. I mean, was guys he kind of okay with the Chargers though? He had <laughs> I'd have to go back and look at his moments. record. I think he won ten games or eleven games once or twice. Um. I think a lot of people say, and, and I love him, I think people said that about Jay. Jay might have been best suited as an offensive coordinator. Jay schemed up 24 points a game two years in a row, at least. We kill for 24 points a game here. Yeah. Oh, 24 some guys points are, a game. Some guys, again, a major blood we kill flow. for that. Some are guys kidding? are just better at that coordinator position. Yeah. Than that yeah. yeah. Um, uh, by the way, also. Jay was, I mean, um, Norv, now his first three seasons, he got the Chargers to the playoffs, 11-5, and 8-8. Mm-hmm. Snuck into the playoffs with an eight and eight, mm-hmm. thirteen and three, mm-hmm. nine and seven, eight and eight, seven and nine. Was fifty six and forty in six seasons. But he's with never the had playoff success, right? I'm not even sure. Did he win a playoff game? He there? Did not. Yeah, that's a problem. No, no, no. Well, he actually lost in the AFC Championship game his first so he won year. With the one game, uh, probably one because they yeah. probably had a bye. They were the one seed. They were the, yeah. Well, actually, they were the first place in the AFC West. You were talking about a guy that just didn't command a room. He just didn't command a room. But yeah, I mean, there's certainly a possibility. We're going to see how this plays out over the next couple of seasons. Right. Possibility at the end of this, we say, you know what? He's just one of those guys who should be in a booth. One or thing I, there might be a possibility that they take off like a rocket ship. There is that possibility where all these things that we've said are great. When we were saying this is an attractive job about the draft choices they have in the top 100, the number two pick. Now they've got the GM and Adam Peters. All the cap space. They could take off like a rocket ship. I would love for it to happen. Like if they 
somehow posted 10 or 11 wins and were in playoff contention, that'd be fantastic. I just don't think it's going to happen in year one. What? It's unlikely. It's a big ask. It's unlikely, but we year. just saw it happen with the Houston Texans. True. One thing I, I just tweeted this, and I, I believe this. If you want to follow me on Twitter, EB Junkies. One thing I definitely like about this new regime, the Paris, the Paris, the Harris Peters combo, is they clearly don't give a crap about what the fans think. Because they which I knew, like. which I think is great. Thing. I love that. Because they knew going in, this would be a eh response from the fans. Whereas we just had a guy here in Ron who all he cared about was what the fans thought. He changed his position on it. Hell, I'm convinced he cut a kicker based on like people bitching on the radio. Um, but there was nobody left after they true. lose out on McDonald and and Ben Johnson decides not to true. stay in Detroit. There was nobody I think that the fan base would have loved. Not true. They could have. You could bring in here any young coordinator and they would have gotten behind mm-hmm. it and they would have said, "Oh, that's because the, the trend is." Young coordinator. Uh-huh. So you could you could bring in a young coordinator. I don't think based on what had transpired, just looking at social media, if they all of a sudden brought in uh, Frank Smith, and I have no idea even if, he, if he's even young. One, the you guy could bring in one of the Kubiaks and say, he's our guy. Yeah. He's our head I don't coach. Think they you you talk him up. I think you talk him skeptical. up just like they're if all he's of a sudden talking guy. up Canales now. And Bobby Slowick. Yeah. I think there would be a lot of skepticism. All right, you'd be good. Because to- I do think a lot of people think they whiffed. We don't know this. I'm with you. I don't Everybody's think they saying whiffed. they whiffed on this guy and they whiffed on that guy. They may not have had those guys as top choices. I think no, there no. might have been some whiffing going on. Possibly. Personally. Wait, three, here's what I but think that could have been on the the candidates. Correct. Point. Sure. Yeah. That's what I been think. There. On, on there I think too. Ben Johnson was their number one target. And then they just didn't gel. Didn't yeah. They, he wasn't he, didn't, he, he wasn't they, the Ben Johnson they away, thought. Yeah. Or uh, you know, it just wasn't a great fit. Yep. Maybe they didn't. They weren't blown away with his personality. Maybe the money because that was too great. It just wasn't a fit. Sure, there was a lot of factors. Yeah, I think at they best, wanted him. I think initially. I think at best, Dan Quinn was their third target after Johnson and probably after you might McDonald. Be right. you yeah, might but be right. might have been your target. But then if he just sucked and you guys didn't meet, so that's not even fair. Like you didn't whiff on him. You just. But the third guy like, could you work like out. Him, but then you meet him. And then you keep interviewing him, and you're like, yeah, we just they, can't come to an agreement. McDonald, but then McDonald got the second call back to Seattle. He flew out there and signed a deal. Right, but like, if they really wanted McDonald, they would have kept him there, and they would have said, okay, dude, what's your price? Okay, you got the Or gig. they were just trying if to be was, as th- they may have just been trying to be as thorough as possible and interview a bunch of people and didn't think some of their guys would get plucked before they had a chance to sign. Possible. I doubt that. I, mean, I, I don't, know this. Was I don't know this, commodity. but 17 years ago, was Mike Tomlin Pittsburgh's number one choice? We don't know. Right. Oh, I've read that he wasn't. Yeah. So, I mean, they could have been interviewing guys and they decided to go elsewhere. Did it work out? Certainly did. Listen, I'm not saying by any stretch do I think when they started this search, Dan Quinn was their number one option. I do not believe that. But I believe after they interviewed the guys, they they thought, this is probably the best fit for us right now. Yeah. And this is one where you just have to trust Peters. Peters was brought in here for a reason. There's a reason they targeted Adam Peters to run the football organization. And if he deems... Quinn is the best guy to lead them for his first go-around. You just have to trust him. All right, let's go to Mike in Haymarket. I want to hear a pro Dan Quinn take. Hmm. Mike, what's up? Good morning, gentlemen. What's, hey, up? Man. what's up? So I, I've, I've I've been listening for a little bit here this morning, and I, I heard the one caller before talking about Sam Howell, and y'all were all down on that. That's fine. But with Dan Quinn, I think what you get is, first of all, you get a very energetic guy. Secondly, you get a very you get a very experienced guy. He's been up and down as far as you know being in the playoffs with the Falcons, going to the Super Bowl with the Falcons, taking a team there, watching that team be built. 
and understanding what it is to be a head coach. He's now got to be the leader and not the play caller. And I think he's got the, 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 the moxie to do that. And it seems like, you know, especially watching him as the defensive coordinator for Dallas, he knows how to put people in positions to win and situations to win. So it really comes down to who does he choose as his coordinators and what do those coordinators really prefer of, you know, offensive play style, defensive play style, and what, and how he's him and Peter's going to work that, you know, acquiring people, utilizing the, the cap and stuff. And the one thing you have to understand, too, is the, the Ben Johnson thing, that may or may not have been their first choice. We don't know. It was likely. But – you don't think Ben Johnson utilized uh, leverage to of get course. more money out of a place that he was actually having success at? I like, could be I a big part of it. That could be a big, big motivating part of it. factor. Yes, Absolutely. I think he was their I, top I don't think choice. It whether we had a, I, yeah, I don't think it matters whether we had that we had them on a you know at the top of the list and then everybody else. I think it matters. Like he probably thought, hey, I could stay in in Detroit, call plays on a winning team, and continuously do this for the next few years, learn under Dan Campbell, maybe thinking he's not ready, and then and I'll leverage, you know, my popularity right That'd now be smart. to get more money. Yeah, I'd be smart. Yeah. And if I think if he blew them away, they would offer. Thanks, I think it, he was probably their top target going in. And then it just didn't work out. Either Ben didn't want the, him, or they decided, you know what, he's not blowing us away so much that we have to have him. And yeah. that's why we're interviewing everybody. Bottom line is, Quinn is in. You think he'll be successful? 800-636-1067. Just to fill in on Tomlin, because maybe Tomlin was the first choice. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Rooney no hired him. But a Pittsburgh newspaper actually declared Russ Grimm. <laughs> he said mm-hmm. they, they wrote with a headline, Grimm would be announced Monday as the Steelers coach. <laughs> so a lot of people thought Grimm was going to be the head coach. Tomlin gets it, and he's still, of course, uh, coaching for almost 20 years now. 800-636-1067. We'll take more of your calls next. We do have Charlie Casserly, longtime Redskins GM. He'll join us coming up at 920. So keep it locked in on the Junkies. Welcome back. Junkies coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. 910 The Fan in Richmond, and we are streaming live on the Odyssey app. Take us on the go wherever you may be. You can also watch us on the Monumental Sports Network. We're brought to you by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and cooling company of the Junkies. Hear uh-huh. me out on this, and I know I'm going to get bashed for this take. Okay. But why couldn't they get to the playoffs in season one? I'm looking at the <laughs> NFC. Because right? they suck. The NFC <laughs> was terrible this season. Mm-hmm. The Packers got in with a nine and eight record. Yep. The Buccaneers got in with a nine and eight record. Do you see this team making a five game improvement I, in one season? No, but I remember at one point in the season, and we were kind of joking about it. But first of all, they were four and five, right? They were one game under five hundred. I'm not saying that's good. And then the season went south, and then didn't, they didn't win again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> had they just won a couple of games, they would have been right in the mix. Yeah. You got to be really bad to go four and thirteen. Like the, uh, it's it, to me, it's not a stretch. Look, is it likely that they win five more games to get to nine? Probably not likely, but it's definitely not unheard of. They shouldn't have been four and thirteen. If they had a 
competent coach, <clears throat> I think they at least get the six wins last season. Like, Dable somehow willed the Giants. I actually think he did a good job coaching. He willed that team with Tommy DeVito to six wins. All right, we all think Ron Rivera was horrible, and he mailed it in, and the team completely went south. Sam Howell, who at one point, I believe, had 17 touchdowns to nine interceptions. At that point in the season, when he had 17 touchdowns and nine interceptions, and Sam Howell had had a nice three-game stretch where he had eight touchdowns and two interceptions, people are saying, we got our quarterback. But he couldn't yeah. And they were looking. They the were problem. looking at the future, all right? They were looking at the future. At that point, you would have said, they're not going to lose the rest of their games. You would have had them win a couple of games. But they had a terrible coach, and the truth is, Sam Howell, who had 17 touchdowns with just nine interceptions, he finished with 21 and 21. Right. So he he he, went he became a broken quarterback. Yeah. The, the the head coach we knew he was dead man JP, walking because you're comparing it to like what C.J. Stroud did, which was like a historical no, no. great record. No, no, like no turning a season around. But I'm also like we're gonna, you're expecting us to win nine games with a rookie quarterback. I'm sorry, you could probably count on one hand the number of times that's happened in the history of football. He's impatient. He no, wants no. to give Dan Quinn two years. Then he he's wanted Strasburg no. to rehab in the majors. What I'm saying <laughs> is the NFC is weak. Everybody said it even all with, even with year. A, a weekend the conference, NFC is weak. Other teams are going to get better. They're going to improve. Guys are going to ascend. I'm just I'm not saying that they need to do that. I'm just saying if you're an optimist, you can play for that. Like don't just punt it and saying this season it's a lost season. Mm-hmm. Dayball went in there with the New York Giants in year one. He got Daniel Jones to stop throwing interceptions and fumbling the ball all the time. And they got in the playoffs in year one. It's not unheard of. It happens almost every season. It's not going to happen with I a rookie. It's just very rare. Happens. It's not it's unheard rare. of. It's just rare. It's yeah. rare. Yeah. I think it you're asking happen. a lot. Come to me at the midway point again with the same situation, but where the schedule's not quite as difficult. See, part of the reason why Sam also struggled beyond the enemy, just throwing him to the wolves and not protecting him, just doing a horrible job as OC, is uh, the schedule is so difficult down the stretch. Mm-hmm. You, I could make the argument you could almost see them going and losing all those games right. because you looked at the schedule and you didn't see a winner on there. Hey, now they get a last place schedule. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bonus. So that'll help. That'll help a little bit. That'll yeah. help. That's a good thing. But I mean, the, the, to think that we're going to be so lucky as so, in all likelihood, we're going to get if the, if there's if there's any sort of uniformity, and there rarely is, but if there is any uniformity, we're going to get the second best quarterback. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get the best. <clears throat> well. And then uh, he, he could, tr- he could turn knows? out to he be could better. turn out to be the best. Yeah, but it's just a crapshoot. You have no idea. So the crapshoot has to hit, and then the crapshoot has to hit, win right away for your scenario. It's hard to do. It's hard. You're asking Plus, a lot. There's going to be massive. Happen. Now you're happen, you're two. You're two. Right, maybe. Hopefully you can get to nine wins. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a punt year. I like to win every week. Losing sucks. I didn't like winning four games. And I'd rather win also, five. Also, it's tough to tell what's going to happen with a massive <laughs> turnover on the roster. By bringing in a bunch of rookies with the no. five picks in the top 100, what free agents you bring in, how they assimilate to the new systems and the new coaching staff, like that that stuff. To me, that stuff takes time. It's not just a snap your fingers one season, ten plus wins. So difficult. It if it can happens, happen, but it's a, it's it'd be a bonus miracle. And for this year, since you knew they weren't going to make the playoffs, it was better that they went on that eight game losing streak because now you got higher draft picks in Correct. the round. You don't even I know have... you wanted to win games, but I would say if you're going to be bad, 
Just really, be really bad. Just be really bad so you can, because you knew they were going to fire well, Rivera. Now your dream start, came true. Yeah, you're building. preaching to the choir right All, here. Your dream, Cakes' dream came <laughs> yes. true. Yes. Yeah. Dude, they lost eight <laughs> games in a row. My point is, I think Dan Quinn is better than Ron Rivera. Okay? Now, I do think it feels like a similar hire. And I do think he's set up for some success with the cap space, the draft picks, the number two pick, assuming they draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a stretch to believe that had Dan Quinn been coaching the Commanders this season, they would have won a couple more games. Yeah, but it so would have made think a market difference. They're not really a four-win team. In my mind, six games. Okay. In my mind, they're not really a four-win team. Here's okay, another six right? games. So could you take a lift, a six-win team? Had he been a had he taken over a team that finished 6-11? and 11? I don't think you'd say it was a stretch that in year one he could get them to nine wins. If you have wins. the worst defense in football and you have a brand-new quarterback, and you got like one player on offense well, I assume, that's any good. And maybe this is a bad assumption, but it's kind of the assumption that you had going into this season when you predicted they were going to be a playoff team. Your assumption was their quarterback play was terrible last year. Taylor Heineke, JV quarterback, uh, Carson Wentz didn't correct. work out. Quarterback, would whoever be better, it is, and the defense would said, be a top ten right, or top five. Your assumption was whoever it is is going to be better at correct. quarterback. Right. All right. You can argue whether Sam Howell was better than Heineke or not. You say it's a wash. Um. But I'm going to make that same assumption because I think that whoever the next quarterback is should be better than Sam Howell. Okay. Well, you 21 also, interceptions. You also got to be better than the 32nd worst defense. Also factor yeah. in, Ron was punched out. And they will knows be. Correct. It, and Dan Quinn is motivated to wash away everybody that, that brings up 28-3 to to him all the time. Right. So you're coming to my side that it's possible that they could lift this yep. team up more. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to happen Unlikely. Our best player's a punter. I think it's a longer-term process. I, I, agree. I agree with that generally. I'm just saying, weak NFC. In the division itself, there's a lot of upheaval with the coaches. They're all on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Sirianni's on the hot seat. McCarthy's on the hot seat. Dayball's on the hot seat. Like, McCarthy's I'm on just the hot saying, seat. The guy wins 11 yeah, games every they, year. They might be on the hot seat, but they have more talent top to bottom right now. Absolutely. And Give we don't Michael know who's going to be on the roster. Give I don't know Michael if the Giants Parsons. have more. But you're a positive thinker. We're all negative thinkers. Yeah, we're, we're trying to so overcome I'm not you surprised without negativity. That you, I'm not surprised you're saying, hey, it's a possibility they can go 9-8 and eight in year one. I'm just saying it's possible. I also think you guys are generally low-bar guys because you guys were all for the Jay Gruden extension, which I thought was a joke. Mm. Jay, right, well, Jay could scheme guys open. Just had no defense. <laughs> Right. I, I, don't, I don't think JP's positive. He just wants the pressure put on Quinn immediately. Is so that gets, what it is? So he so can talk about firing you too. Yeah, <laughs> no. start a controversy. Yeah. I, yeah, that's what he's doing. He's raising the <laughs> expectations. Dude, to you don't like world. the hire, really, and, but you think they could win nine games. You're going to be a I'm negative. just saying that's, it's a, so it's a, it's a, that's like, an optimistic. Place to be I, no, no, I don't hate the hire. I know, but you don't love I, it. You don't love it. You're like the fans. I thought they should have gone. I thought they should have gone for Harbaugh. Yeah, he's, right. he's stuck on Harbaugh. He right. can't get off. I don't think it's splashy hire. But I said I've said this over and over again. Harbaugh could flame out and be a bust. So could Mike McDonald, who everybody all of a sudden fell in love with. I generally have agreed with you along the way. We don't know anything about these coordinator guys. Right. That's so why Quinn I never, could that's be why successful. I never jumped on their tip. I'm just not going to expect, you know. An ascension that you're expecting. In no, year no, I one. didn't say I expect it. I'm just you're going to see ascension. All right, you're going to see it. Well, they better. But, 
I mean, it but it's not going to be at that wins. level that you're you're expecting in year one. I think you're not going to get another CJ Stroud version. I think a realistic it's not going to happen. It's a miracle. Win total number. It's not a miracle. I gave you two instances in the last two seasons. Eight yeah. wins. Of re- like if you can get to eight wins in year one, oh, double the win total. That's kind of a miracle. There. That's that's huge. I would be happy with who was like the year before. The Giants what? and Brian Dable. Yeah, but. It, they didn't have a rookie quarterback. I know, but a coach came in there and turned a That's terrible different. team into a veteran. Team. We got we had no quarterback. By all accounts, we got no quarterback. Damn. So we're gonna take a rookie. For a rookie to come in and do what CJ Stroud did, it was historical. Yeah. You know what? The commanders are in a better spot than the Giants because they're gonna be paying a rookie quarterback who's, in my opinion, whoever it is, more talented than Daniel Jones, a rookie deal, while the Giants are paying Daniel Jones. They'll million. be lucky to have their, their, the rookie quarterback will not do as well as Daniel Jones did two years ago. You could say it was an outlier, and I would agree with you. But Daniel Jones's year, when they went ten games or whatever, will be better in all likelihood than any rookie does next year. Probably will be, but my argument, my counter to that is the number two pick that the Commanders select should have a higher ceiling than Daniel Jones. If he doesn't, then you've botched the number two pick. Not if he paints his nails. Mm. <laughs> okay, Brock Purdy the nail Brock Purdy won playoff games as a rookie. Yeah, I know. He had a an incredible football team. Would you take him. that? Would you take a, a nail painting quarterback if he wins you twelve games a year? I know the answer. The answer is yes. <laughs> of course. Mm. I actually don't want my quarterback painting his nails. <laughs> that this is me. I got I got standards. <laughs> just me. Me. Sorry. That that's your opinion. I would I would take a nail painting quarterback. Seven days out of seven, if he wins twelve games a year, I gotta draw the line somewhere. Didn't you love it when RG three was wearing pink socks, <laughs> yeah. Su- no. Superman socks? Yeah, dude, you love yeah, that yeah. bit. But you, I don't think they were nails. pink socks. I mean, he was wearing like yeah, he's wearing like SpongeBob. I, I think if you socks. go back to the thing, SpongeBob. Yeah. SpongeBob. No, I think if you go back to the tape, I mocked it. <laughs> you mocked you mocked R Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> I mocked the socks. <laughs> I said I, if you go back to the tape, sock mocking. I'm pretty sure I'd probably be willing to bet one kid's life, one of my own kids' lives on it, that. I mocked those socks. Because mm. I, I know me. Let's go back to the I'm not tape. into that kind of shtick. I'm not into <laughs> SpongeBob. There's a 0% chance I hyped up anything SpongeBob. I don't, I, I don't even know SpongeBob. If Caleb, Williams, if Caleb Williams could deliver you 12 <laughs> to 13 wins a season, you should paint his nails yourself. No, Before I, takes the field. I want my quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> you hey, 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 hey. There's a bit here. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm I smelling my, a bit. Hey, if they, draft, if they draft Caleb, you paint your nails? <laughs> no way. I want my quarterback to have dirty nails. Paint your bald spot? <laughs> I want my quarterback to have dirty nails, maybe a little duty on him, like mm. a man's man. That's what I want. I don't care what is on my quarterback's nails. If he uh, leads the team to 12, 13, 14 wins, right. he can have whatever he wants on his nails. Not me. <laughs> Hey, if they draft if they draft Caleb and they go to the playoffs, will you paint your nails? Nope, never <laughs> Come happened. On. Come on, Come on. no. I, Cel- we'll do a celebratory it would be nail painting. Yeah. To me, lopping off a private part, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I'm begging them to move up and draft Caleb Williams now. Now it's he didn't want to come here. I don't know how many. Oh no, actually he does want oh, to come does here. Yeah, he come does want to come here. That's so horrible. <laughs> oh, they draft him oh, and then they I go. I can't wait for that to happen. They I'm go like, to the playoffs and the whole town's painting their nails burgundy. Can I please manifest that? Put it out in the universe and make it happen. Right. <laughs> so many people in the stands painting their nails burgundy, oh, yeah. celebrating. Hey, I'm not. I'm out on fantastic. That, I'm going to put H-T-T-C on my nails. <laughs> what happened if his nails said F Dallas? I told you, I'm not into that. <laughs> but you'd be a little sized. No. <laughs> He's all the way out. 
I mean, he's, I am all he's, the way he's shorting Caleb Williams. I don't like it. Hey, can I make a field? What if he's the next Patrick Mahomes? Can I, can I make a field bet with you guys? Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's not. If he's Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes Patrick yeah. and he's multiple Super Bowl wins, you would, you would pass on him guys, because he paints his nails? Yeah, I'm not into painting That's nails. That's crazy. It's not really the right term, <laughs> field bet, but eight guys have taken over as new head coaches. I would bet at least two of them are in the playoffs. Next year. And all of them are taking mm. over beleaguered teams because they wouldn't be new coaches if they weren't taking over beleaguered teams. We have teams. the worst defense in football. All right. I'm just no, saying two out of eight. I feel like I have to take that we, back. I, I, for a we have the second worst team in football. Like the Panthers are going to make the playoffs with Dave Canales? No. You never know. Mike terrible. McDonald is going to make the, the playoffs as a rookie head coach in that Seattle? That division's eh. terrible. I'll take the uh, bet. I'll take it for $3. All right, put it in the bet book. I'm not right taking the bet. You, right? it's, it's I just know we ain't right going here. to the playoffs. All right, put them in the book. Yeah, put it in the book. We yeah. have the worst defense in football. We got no O-line. We uh, running back room. it shouldn't have been the is... worst team in football. I, the, Ron Rivera Ron Rivera's was trash. horrible this season. Yeah, he was. But we still, it doesn't make our talent any better. That's what happens when our you quit. You're, you're horrible yeah. when you quiet quit. As soon as Josh Correct. Harris bought the team, he quiet quit on the team. I'm with you. He knew he wasn't coming back no matter what. You've we been kind no of agreeing with me, and you don't even know it, the, we were li- The linebackers suck. Our secondary I just bet against you. Our I know. About. Our first-round draft pick sucked. Uh, one of many. They just all suck when we draft guys around here. <laughs> our O-line sucked. Yeah, but that's going to change. With Adam our, our tight ends were mediocre other than Logan. God bless him. Our receivers underperformed. Our I'd, quarterback underperformed. I, could, I, could I, I don't expect them making it to the playoffs. I'm just saying it's possible. Like the Rams this year, everybody had the Rams as a team that was not going to be in the playoffs. Mm. And a lot of it was because they had to dump a lot of guys with the salary cap, traded away Jalen Ramsey. They They made all these moves. And what they did is they just drafted a bunch of young guys, and all of a sudden they got competitive again and actually got into the playoffs. They're the most talented quarterbacks in the game. But they also drafted And they also have Les Sneed who knows what he's doing. They had good draft choices. And so this defense, in all likelihood, only have a couple guys that are going to be here in a couple of seasons, right? So let's just say it's Jonathan Allen who we'll see tonight. Let's say it's uh, Deron Payne. Um, who knows with Cam Curl, like contract, but there's going to be a couple guys. They're going to be drafting a bunch of young guys and bringing in young guys. They can we compete. We did that. We did that last year. Emmanuel Forbes was Dan Quinn might be mediocre. able to coach him up. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't eliminate that from your by possibility. The way, your bet of two teams to make the playoffs with the new head coach, I could see that because Atlanta. I'm not taking that back. In a bad division. Mm-hmm. All right. I could see Raheem Morris getting to the playoffs. I'll set. take it for one big blind. What do I And care? then the Chargers. I could see the Chargers improving from 5 and 12 to, you know, 9 and 8. I could see that. All right. Coming up next, we'll talk to I a former GM of the Redskins, our pal Charlie Casserly, next here on the Junkies. Welcome back. Junkies come to you live on 106 7 The Fan. Valdez is panicking because he says. He's playing the wrong. I played the wrong drifter song. song. It's okay. It's song it's Smash Ola. It's, it's been a while since we played drifters on the show, but whenever we play drifters, Charlie likes this. It's because our pal Charlie Casserly joins us. You want to do it again? You want to do a redo, Valdez? You want to do a redo? <laughs> nah, a redo? You know what? Charlie can hear a different <laughs> Let's tune. Get on with the show here. That's all. He wants to get on. <laughs> hey, Charlie, this is unique. Thanks a lot for joining us. Hope all is sure. well. Yeah. It's yeah, been a, a while. Long time. It's been a while since we chatted with you, and um, I think we were all. Pleasantly surprised that we heard you reached out to us to come on the show. It usually it. doesn't work that way. We're usually begging you. What's going on? Well, here's the thing. There's only certain things I, I'll talk about, uh-huh. uh, but this is one that I would talk about at the hiring of Dan Quinn. And uh, so I figured that uh, I'd reach out and uh, if you want to do it, we'll do it. 
So yeah. let's not lead the witness. I don't want to color you. What are your thoughts about Dan Quinn taking over here as the head coach? I don't think you can lead Charlie. He's got his own opinion. <laughs> Positive. Good move. Uh, I've been, I've known Dan a long time. So he, before he, I knew him when he was in Seattle. And uh, uh, first of all, he's interviewed for a number of jobs. I've, in, I've uh, interviewed every team he's interviewed. Um, to my knowledge, no one offered him a job, but he pulled himself out early in a number of these situations where he could have been offered a job, in my opinion. Okay, so he chose to come out. But I think this year he decided this is the time uh, and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to take a job if I'm offered. So he stayed through the process all the way. So uh, he could have had jobs, in my opinion, before this. He's a leader. Uh, He is. He can bring the team together. He can rally him. The number one thing you look for in a head coach is leadership, not a guy that can fix the quarterback or call plays. All those things are important in the picture. Okay, but. uh, there are some defensive coaches that are in the Hall of Fame, okay, and that will be in the Hall of Fame. So mm-hmm. um, he's got the number one thing you look for. Uh, he's a leader. He can rally the troops. He can bring them together. Uh, he can build a culture. Uh, as anything, staff is the single most important thing you have to do. The negative can be when you're hired late. But I, but I still think there's some guys out there, I'm not going to get into their names, that would be good offensive coordinator candidates. Now, his defensive coordinator that he signed on has, has had very high grades, and people have felt this guy can be a defensive coordinator. Who's this, Witt? Um, Is that who you're talking Witt, about? Yeah, so yeah. I've, got a, I've got a lot of good reports on him. I've never talked to him. I don't know him, but I've had good reports on him the last few years. So th- th- that's pretty a pretty good combination there. So I'm anxious to see what he does on the offensive side of the ball. Um, that'll be something that uh, uh, we'll have to find out about. Charlie, so you were a GM. a good hire. Charlie, you were a GM here in Washington. You were a GM and built a team in Houston. You mentioned that you want a leader and somebody who can build a culture. Isn't that what we said about Ron Rivera four years ago? What do you think went wrong? I think that uh, uh, personnel decisions, staffing decisions, okay? So, I mean, you start with one, but you've got to – it follows down. Because then I said single most important thing is going to hire a staff. So we have to see mm-hmm. how Dan does in there. Now, it's interesting. He goes to Atlanta, and he builds a hell of an offensive staff there now when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, led by Kyle Shanahan. He had LaFleur on the staff. The mistake he made, and he knows it, is he had to let Kyle go, but he shouldn't let anybody else go. Okay? So one of the things you have to watch here is, okay, who is the offensive coordinator? And who's the second offensive coordinator? What do I mean by that? If you're any good, the first guy's gone. Okay? So you want to have another guy available that you can bring up in the farm system. Mm-hmm. And what, what I do when I talk to these coaches and coach them, ideally you want the second guy. And I want to make sure I get this across clear, is a guy that may not become a head coach. In other words, he could have been a former head coach. Okay? This 100 years ago, when Bill Cowher took the Pittsburgh job, he had a guy named Ron Earhart to be his offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He'd been a former head coach with the Patriots, excellent offensive coordinator, but he wasn't going to be a head coach again, so they weren't going to lose him. So sometimes your backup guy might be a guy that is, is a veteran guy that can be good but may not become a head coach. So that's the challenge when you're a defensive coach is have the backup guy in there too. Um, for example, Todd Bowles right now, he made a brilliant hire. Okay, with his offensive coordinator, and now he's trying to get that you know, next coordinator, mm-hmm. and, and that can be a challenge. So, uh, but that's not the reason not to hire a Dan Quinn. Charlie, one of the things I actually respect about this Harris Peters regime and everybody 
is that they clearly aren't pandering to the public, right? They knew that Dan Quinn selling that to the public, and we don't know anything, would be kind of a meh reaction, right or wrong. Um, and, th- and they know that, like, going in, and I actually think going in, maybe a guy like Ben Johnson, these hot, young, you know, handsome offensive coordinators <laughs> were the sexy pick. That's who everybody wanted. And we're getting some indications, and I'm not asking you to disparage anybody by any stretch, that maybe the interview didn't go great or whatever. It wasn't a great fit, but they didn't force it. They went with what they think is the best fit. Have you ever done that before where you've had a preconceived notion in the past where you were interviewing coaches and you thought this guy was going to be your guy, but after you met with him two or three times, it just wasn't a fit. Maybe the, you know, maybe the guy just didn't have that dynamic personality or just wasn't a fit. How many times has that happened to you before? Well, I've only been through really two thorough coaching searches. You know, Norv Turner, we met with Jack Kent Cook, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Mr. Cook hired him. Uh, and uh, he didn't interview anybody else, okay, at that time, okay? And I'm not knocking Mr. Cook, that's for sure, mm-hmm. okay? But in Houston, uh, when we hired Dom Capers, we had a thorough search. Um, and it seemed like a natural fit. He had started the Carolina team. And Dom did a good job. Uh, and it, it, it's hard to win with an expansion team when they change the rules no in, in your first in your first few years. And in hiring Gary Kubiak, went in with an open mind. Uh, we had interviewed him before. Uh, didn't seem to be ready this time. He was a more veteran coach, and we came to a unanimous conclusion he should be our guy. So uh, you you do go in sometimes with uh, preconceived notions, and it's because of your research. I mean, you research these guys thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the guy comes in and, he, and, he, and he's better or the staff staff will kill you. I always thought the most important part of the interview was the staffing. Because when I interview teams and I interview all these teams when they hire somebody, the, the most popular answer of why somebody doesn't get a job is the staff would have killed him. In other words, he didn't have a good staff. <laughs> so you really got us on the other side. Hey, you got to know who he's bringing in. and You got to have an opinion on them. Uh, that's, that's to me is the most single, most important part of the interview. Okay. You can train a guy to have a good interview. Okay. Um, and you can train him to say all the right things, but the picking a staff is like taking, is making a, a, a play call during a game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that kind of separates people. Uh, that's my experience with the interview part of it. So Charlie, uh, we're talking to Charlie Castle used to be the GM of the Washington Redskins, then the Houston Texans, been with the NFL network for years, has had a bunch of jobs. All right, we were just getting in this debate about turning the franchise around. I want your opinion on the commanders, where they are right now. They've got a ton of cap, salary cap space. They have the number two pick in the draft, a lot of picks in the top 100. They just hired a head coach. We'll fill out the staff and all that stuff. Adam Peters. How long do you think realistically it takes to turn things around? I was pointing out an optimistic scenario that the NFC is weak. A nine and two nine and eight teams got into the playoffs. And I'm just saying it's not a stretch. We've seen the Giants make a big jump two years ago with Dayball. We saw the Houston Texans make a jump into the playoffs this season. How long do you think realistically it should take for this Commanders team to turn things around? Well, it, it's it's hard to say on that. Okay, uh, but uh, I'll give you I'll give you a stat and then I'll work backwards. Now this is a 20 year old stat when we went to Houston. And, again, we're starting with nobody, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, I analyzed, you know, the thing is three years. Everybody says three years. I said, okay, let's look at all the teams that in three years made the playoffs, okay? Uh, at the end of three years, 12 of their starters were there when they started. Okay, now that, that's a heck of a thing, 
Okay. Right. Uh, so uh, do we have 12 starters here that will be there in three years? Okay. I don't know about that. All right. Um, clearly, uh, the quarterback, um, we can't say that he's the answer. Okay. May be able to win with, but not because of. All right. Offensive line needs a lot of work. They got some skill position guys, so that's a positive. Okay. Um, you know, the defense, uh, you know, who's, who's their outside rushers? Okay. That's a big question. Um, I think the secondary needs work. The linebackers need work. So there's a lot of work here to be done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the good thing is the owner went through the, the 76ers, nine wins a year. Okay. So he's got, he understands the big picture and the patience. Okay. Uh, on that part of it there. So that's a positive. He's been through a rebuild job. Uh, he hasn't, he said it, but he's done it. There's two different reasons now. I've sat with owners and say, hey, I, I can go through a rebuild. And I'm sitting there saying, you ain't sat through 16 of these messes now <laughs> every Sunday. Okay. This guy sat through 80 of them or 70 of them or something like that. God bless him. Um, so I think he's got the big picture part of it from the ownership. Okay. So it's going to be a couple of years. And and you could go through a, a San Francisco where you trade the franchise to go get a quarterback and your seventh round pick is a guy who saves you mm-hmm. too. So, you know, those things can happen, but um, uh, it's going to take time. I, I think the people will be patient, uh, and, and I think the fans will be. Uh, so it's hard to say, and I'm not trying to avoid the question. I'm just giving you history and facts on the thing. Would you um, have liked to take in a job where you have the number two pick, all these picks in the top 100, and 70 or $80 million in cap space? Sure, those are positive things. There's no yeah. question about it. Now, let, me, let me tell you about draft choices. Now, I did a 10-year study on draft choices. Hmm. Um, the second round, and here, and here, here was the, the parameter. If you're a starter after four years, that's a successful pick. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a starter for that team or another, it doesn't make any difference. I mean, we took guys like Keenan McCarl and Frank Weichak who starred with other teams. Okay, they couldn't make our team at that point, really. Uh, uh, but So they were successful draft picks. Second round, 50%. It's a flip of a coin, 50 to 55%. A second-round pick is not a lock. A third-round pick is a one-in-three shot. A fourth-round pick is a one-in-four shot. So when you start talking about having a lot of picks, um, that puts it in a perspective now. Okay, that put, and that's a, that's a ten-year study. Okay, your draft is a thirty percent success rate overall for starters after four years. So you're going to need more than the draft. Okay, uh, free agency. I'm sure what they're going to do is you highlight guys coming out of their first contract. If you get older guys, you put them on a one-year contract. And you're going to have to have some stopgap guys. So this is going to take a couple of years. I'm not familiar with the college quarterbacks. So I understand. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, Stroud, obviously, in hindsight, was he's a hell of a quarterback. He yeah. wasn't taken first. Yeah. So I know better than that uh, to say you've got a guy there. So uh, it's going to be a process. But all we can say is we got the right head coach, I believe, right now. Charlie, one of the highlights of of our career actually was when you gave us a tour of Redskins Park 20-some years ago. And you took us into our office, and we saw your draft board, and it was the first time that we saw an actual bar list. And, yes, Charlie Cassidy had a bar list, okay? And I loved it. I, I'm kind of joking, but I'm saying I'm not drafting a quarterback that likes to paint his nails and puts messages on there and everything. He'd be on my bar list. Where where are you on that? 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to avoid the question. I'd have to know more about it. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> you're Smart not out Charlie, simply because of I nails. Get, I get, I get where you're coming from, and it's a great radio comment. Okay, great radio right. comment. Okay, that that one you're going to play all day. Um, but we're dealing with a different generation now. Yeah, okay? right. that's true. And still, the single most important thing is how important is football to this guy? What's his study habits? What's his commitment to the game? Okay, and and we'll go from there. I mean, Joe Namath. Uh, were you born when he played? No, uh, barely. Yeah, early seventies. We were born in seventies. We played no, about till seventy three yeah. or something. Never saw him play, but yeah, we were born. Yeah. Well, this guy, this guy wore white shoes. Nobody wore white shoes. Okay, <laughs> Johnny Unitas wore high top blacks. Right. Okay. This guy wore a, a mink coat. Who the hell wore a mink coat back then as a football player? Okay? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All he all he did is win the Super Bowl. So right. And uh, uh, he was a great player, and he played for Bear Bryant. So there's a combination too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you, you got you got to know a little bit more about him. Okay. But let me say this: he's got some questions to answer. Okay. Right. <laughs> I yeah. agree with you, Charlie. Hey, hey, Charlie. Um, can't let you go before we ask you about the the Super Bowl um, yeah. next next week. Super Bowl Fifty Eight out in Vegas. Um, Niners and of course the uh, the Chiefs. And um, you know all the talk this year was you know Bienemy left and the offense struggled a little bit in in Kansas City. You know Kelsey was having you know not one of his greatest years dropping some balls and Mahomes didn't have that outside threat like he did when he when Tyreek was there but they're back to the Super Bowl because their defense especially their secondary against the pass is excellent um and then San Francisco whose defense is starting to leak oil a little bit because they they weren't getting to the to the quarterback like they usually do and they've got some issues in the secondary too but they've got a really good dynamic offense with Christian McCaffrey so your thoughts on this game yeah, I'm going to kind of just give you a breakdown of what things to look for. First of all, both teams do great, are fast-starting teams, okay? Uh, they have great scripts. They execute great coming out of the block. Who wins the first quarter? Okay, who wins the first quarter? All right, the keys for San Francisco, uh, you, want to, you want to keep Mahomes in the pocket and get quick, quick pressure on him. You want to force him to throw away from Kelsey, however you want to do that, okay? Because they want to, want to get the ball to Kelsey. Now, Kelsey's catching the ball when he's covered. Okay, yeah. the guy's playing like a man possessed. Okay, and you can do a little editorial on that one, but that's really when you watch him. That's what's happening there. Uh, Kansas City has got to protect. We know that, especially against Bosa in the inside rush, um, and they've got to be able to get a, a running lane there for for Pacheco. Um, the other thing is, uh, if you go to the other side, what you got to do is you got to uh, get him in third down situations. Now, how do you do that? You stop the, the wide zone. The outside zone and the cutback. So you got to be disciplined in your gaps. Don't get the guy to corner and play to the cutback. It means being disciplined in the defensive line. Uh, then when you get him, you got to mix your coverages and blitz this guy. You can confuse Purdy. People have been able to do that, but you're going to have to confuse him with blitzes, et cetera, vary your coverages. But you got to keep them on that first and second down into a third down situation. Then the last thing is. Uh, Debo Samuel, okay, mm-hmm. he got. He, 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 I don't know how you tackle this guy, okay, right. but gang tackling. These the, the, these guys make a lot of runs they have to catch. So gang tackling, and write this one down here, okay. Who do you want to go after in that secondary in San Francisco? The safeties, either Logan Ryan's or Jair Brown, who's ever in there, and Aubrey Thomas at corner. Right. So uh, those Ambry. are some things to watch during the game. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's going to be really fun. I think McCaffrey's going to have a good a good game. I really do. I just think uh, Kansas City's run defense wasn't spectacular this year, and I kind of question the Ravens why they didn't kind of run the ball a lot yeah. more, especially in the second yeah. half. Right. Yep. I know that's a good question. Sure. Yeah. So I think Seven McCaffrey has a game at the end. But I mean, so. but can you imagine if Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, wins a Super Bowl? Wasn't Got he going to let us? Draft Mr. Relevant years ago? We, you did ponder it for half a second. Do you remember that, Charlie? What's that now? Do you, you you had, I think you had the last, no, he was going to let us pick, make his last seventh round pick. We were negotiating right, with you. Right, basically Mr. Oh, Relevant. Right, okay. Do you yeah. remember that? And you kind of thought about it for half a second. Okay, I did. Well, we had we had a guy, actually, Matt Elliott was a state yes. center. He made our clean team on the thing. But here's an interesting thing. You know, they traded a bunch of picks to get Trey Lance, okay? Yep, right. And then they take Purdy at the end. So, God, you guys stink. You blew it. <laughs> Joe Gibbs used to have a saying about that. He says, when when we get a guy, when we blew a high pick, uh, but, you know, we, we uh, survived it with a late pick, he'd say, now that's scouting. Okay? <laughs> Everybody's, it's true. Everybody's going to take those first-round picks. If, if you do uh, mock drafts, um, Probably twenty-four of the picks are the same picks. They just go to different people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's really the same pool. Um, and uh, but when you get into the seventh round, it's not the same pool. Okay, there's hundreds of players there at that point. So there is something to be said. And and I and I did tell us to San Francisco. I told them the Joe Gibbs story. You know, uh, anybody could have taken Trey Lance, but not not everybody takes uh, Brock Purdy. Right. And coaches them. Yeah. I mean, we know, we know and, and coaches them up. Charlie, we got to run. Always good. a pleasure good. having you on. That was good stuff. Thanks so much soon. for reaching out to us. Thank right. you, Charlie. You okay, bud. Yeah, bye. Charlie Cowsley, former Redskins GM. Right now, caller number 10 will hook you up with two tickets to Gabriel Iglesias' Don't Worry, Be Fluffy Tour, March 14th and 15th at Eagle Bank Arena. Tickets on sale now for tickets and more event info. Visit thefandc.com slash events. So caller 10 at 800 636-1067. Caller number 10 right now at 800-636-1067 with the correct answer to this question. We'll win a pair of tickets to the Doobie Brothers 2024 concert tour Sunday, August 4th at Jiffy Lube Live. Tickets are on sale now. For ticks and more event info, go to thefandc.com slash events, courtesy of Live Nation. I think it's a pretty simple question. Today marks the two-year anniversary of a big happening in D.C. sports. If you can tell us what today is the two-year anniversary of, you'll win the Doobie Brothers tickets. So call now for your chance to win. So what happened on 2-2-22? Correct. I think it's pretty simple. If you, if you jump your brain a little I'm bit, I'm in a tunnel. You'll, you'll what figure happened it out. in D.C. sports mm-hmm. on 2-2-22? Something pretty big happened on 2-2-22. Caller number 10, I'm sure, will get that. Now, we are less than 12 hours away from 106.7 The Fan Live versus Team 980. That's tonight at Bethesda Theater. I'm on BethesdaTheater.com. And by my math, there are two tickets remaining to the event. Mm. Two. Uh, If you want to sit in row W, seat 10, you can buy that ticket. You can also buy the ticket in row V, Seat nine. Those are your two remaining tickets. Hey, props to our listeners of this station. You know, we probably don't say it enough. We're very grateful for all of our loyal listeners. The people that have been listening to us for years and years that listen to this station. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because you let us 
avoid getting a real job. Yes, that is correct. Which we're not capable of. And also, thank you to one of our listeners, Travis, this morning, who bought us breakfast. Yes, thank you, Travis. And he brought in breakfast breakfast bagels for us this morning. That's probably a $100 breakfast. I had a late late regret that I didn't have him bring a gigantic cup of coffee along with the bagel. But I'll just remember that for next time. Right. He would have. But thank you. Thank you again, Travis. We do appreciate that. Again, I just want to tell you, it's always a thrill for me to have Charlie on because you know I'm a lifelong Skins fan. And we got to know him 25 years ago or so, however long. We, how long have we been doing this? 27 years? I mean, he came in when we did the weekend we, show. Well, we've known Charlie for probably 25, 26 years. He gave us instant credibility. 27. Because he came on and said, I want to come in. I want to meet you in studio. Charlie's the one guy. Like, beat guys, this happens to all the time. Charlie called me once in a while, and he would give me the scoop as to what's going on. Mm-hmm. It was the greatest thing ever. When we went in, he gave us a tour. We got to okay. see his food yep. bar list. He's, 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 cool. he's a he's a good person. He's a good dude. above and beyond anything. He's a good person. I still have a food bar list inspired by Charlie. It's happened to this by, day. He might not want me telling people he's got it, but he yeah. had a food bar list. Definitely did. It was called Food Bar. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yes. By the way, CK. Do you remember just, any of the names who was on his list back no, then? I don't no. know. CK don't just remember. updated us. There are apparently three tickets remaining okay. for three left for tonight's event. So three left. Go get them. Bethesda Theater. Dot com. Right. We'll I guess I'm going to have to wear jeans. I've, I've started to be like you where I'm wearing sweatpants to work all the time. It's just so much freer, more <laughs> yeah, comfortable. More comfy. More comfortable. Jeans, even though jeans now are better, like the stretchy, I don't buy jeans unless they're stretchy. Yeah, they got to have a little give to they're, them. Pr- they're Can't practically suit- j- jiggings or whatever they call them. Jeggings. Yeah. They're practically jeggings. <laughs> like a jiggings. chick would wear. <laughs> jiggings. It was jiggings. Like, we used to like Jay Riggins back <laughs> yeah, in the day. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I still love that spot. <laughs> Annapolis Mall. It's cheap. Dude, I went to Bagari Mall the other day. Malls are dying. Oh, wow. There was Dog. nobody there. Except for I guarantee the Apple store was by full. I didn't see it. I had to go there. Food court was a quarter full. Maybe. Well, what time did you go? Noon. I, I go. When I've gone go. there, it's pretty packed. <laughs> what day? Noon during the week? Yeah. I mean, you know, they, I go there, believe me, and typically in years past, it would be pretty packed. I'm telling you. I mean, it's, well, not, a, it's not a news bulletin. You can malls say, are dying. You can say uh, malls are dying, but go to Tyson's anytime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Packed. It's, it's seriously? Well, that's one of the unique ones. That's an exception. There are more people in Tyson's than, you know, <laughs> state of Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, ridiculous. I agree with you. Right, there are certain okay. places that Montgomery are. Mall, I believe. Now maybe is the dying. older places like that are dying. I may be ruining uh, some of the crowded most times I go. But, but I, I don't doubt that you just, it's the first time I've been there yeah. in years. Just to refresh your memories, <clears throat> two years ago today. <laughs> the rebrand of the Commanders. Oh, World's worst rebrand. What is the new team name? Doug, what is it? We are the Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Oh, man, <laughs> two years ago. I didn't remember flies. it. I can't believe it's been two years. Two oh, years. Man. Hopefully we got a winner. <laughs> Hopefully we got a winner. That was like a. Hey, remember church. everyone thought there was going to be the hogs because it was on Groundhog Day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but then I, also just the presentation, no video. Just oh, what was... is the new team name? <laughs> Doug, what is it? We are the Commanders. <laughs> that's we are got, the Commanders. Well, Jason Wright didn't even want to say it. The worst name reveal <laughs> in history. all of sports. History of the world. All Abs- of sports. Absolutely. Male, female, <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> Anything. All right. Got to get out of here. Be Mitch and Finley up next right here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.